Last game we have Melty Blood. Who would have thought oh, the savior would have been Melty Blood, bro? <laughs> it always was the savior. We were just distracted by. You're right. You're right. We we were we were not looking at Jesus, man. Mm -hmm. We didn't pay attention. We didn't believe. <laughs> I guess I could have done Melty Blood for, to be the topic of the week, but I had something else I kind of want to talk about, so I took okay. took me a little while. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to FGC Hollywood. A Fighting Game Podcast episode 34. My name is Max Pleiser. I am joined, as I am each and every week, by Pringle the One. Pringle, my man. How you been? You're still, you're not on fire. You're good. Yeah, yeah I'm not on fire. And I'm doing pretty good, man. <laughs> well, that's good. Um, speaking of doing good, I uh, just recently, like four days ago, I got my first uh, COVID shot. So I'm, oh. I'm halfway there. And I have to tell you, well, if you, I don't know if you've gotten the vaccine yet, but the, the first shot. So I got uh, the one that's called Pfizer. Yeah, yeah. And man, I so I'm a, I don't know about you, I'm a side sleeper. I sleep on my shoulder. And yeah, yeah. they they gave me the my the shot on the opposite shoulder that I sleep on, but because it was so distracting like the pain, I was like, "Man, I can't sleep at all." <laughs> it was <laughs> Sleep on your back, man. You know it's good to sleep on your back, but it's like nobody sleeps on their back, man. It's not as comfortable. <laughs> See, I, I try to sleep on my back a couple times, and like the two times I remember sleeping on my back, whether it's just turning from my side to my back, I got night terrors. <laughs> God damn, dude. <laughs> I'm telling you. Jeez, man. That sucks. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't, I don't want to do that again. I, got, I, I had a really bad night terror one time sleeping on my back. I thought I was uh, waking up. Like, I thought I was asleep. Or rather, I thought I was awake, but I was asleep. I guess that's what a night terror is, right? And uh, yeah, I couldn't no, do no, anything. No, I, I never had. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it, it's basically like your your mind is is pulling a prank on you almost of like, hey, you're awake, but this is really a dream, but you don't know that, and yeah. you are you have all your your uh, cognitive senses except for the fact that you can't really move, so you're frozen, uh, basically in terror, and then. For whatever reason, like, oh, it's always the creepiest stuff or, like, the scariest things that happen yeah. around you. And uh, I had one dude just come in my room, just this cloaked person, and just stab me in my eye while I was, you know, I could. I just, I'm telling you, like, so I, I stopped sleeping on my back. I can't do it. Like, that was terrifying. And then I remember, right. I, I don't remember if I woke up uh, from the stab or whatever, if I woke up later and I remember that. But I just remember that was terrifying. So, yeah, no more doing dude. that. <laughs> But how does that trigger that that response for you? <laughs> I have no idea. Well, I do know oh, if you look it up online, people say that sleeping on your back, not always, but it's the percentage goes up for night terrors. For whatever reason, I think that's uh, that's the pattern in which, obviously, it's not for everybody, right? But since I'm such a, a normally I'm a side Ugh. sleeper, so I guess going on my back was so foreign to my body. It's like, let me wake up this dude. <laughs> Man, that's interesting. Yeah. So. I, yeah, I would say is. that I, I just get like I don't get night terrors, but I get like I get drenched in my sweat, so I get like uh like I, I forget what it's called, man. I, I think it's called not turning, or that's maybe that's peeing, having to wake up and pee. I get that, but yeah, that's not <laughs> that's waking up. I get that, but like I definitely get like like drenched in sweat, man. Like at one time, like I, I have like a condition like where like I I have excessive sweating, so it's called hyperhidrosis. So like I have it so that like sometimes. At night, man, I'll I'll sweat the whole bed, man. Like the whole, uh, like I just wake up Damn. soaked in this stuff, man. Like I just ducked in a pool, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Damn. Yeah, we all have weird habits while streaming. Oh, sorry. I actually now that I think about it, I don't know what the difference between a night terror and sleep paralysis is. I think I was describing a sleep paralysis. Oh. Yeah, I was about to say because like the night terror. Well, so what I read is sleep terrors are episodes of screaming and intense fear and flaying while still asleep. So I guess you could say you had that since you felt like someone was killing you. But then sleep paralysis, I think I've had that like once or twice, which is actually kind of common for everyone to have an episode of that where you just cannot move in your sleep. I have that. I had that. So once. that's what I had. I didn't have the night terror then. I had the sleep yeah. paralysis because I couldn't talk and oh, okay, okay. while I got stabbed yeah. in the eye. <laughs> oh. Okay. <laughs> like that, see that? <laughs> okay, that makes sense. You yeah. know what's funny? There was a whole episode of Gintama where Gintoki had sleep paralysis, and it was just the whole episode in his point of view, and a bunch of crazy things happened, and he's trying to get up, but he just can't. It's so hilarious. Damn. Everybody <laughs> just keeps destroying the man's room and all that. It's great, man. I love that episode, dude. But uh, enough about my uh, sleeping problems. Uh, so you recently put out that video of uh, you carrying that 200 pounds of, of Gara sand in your hands. How was that? <laughs> yo, yo, man, I'm not going to lie, man, but like that was the second attempt, which I managed to do it the first time when I filled it in. I did it. I picked it up just to see if I could hold it, and I walked with it, and I realized that that thing is humongous, man. I have to use, like, like my groin and, like, my butt hurts and, like, weird parts that I didn't think would hurt, hurt. Um, like, for, like, two days, it feels a lot better now. But, like, I think one thing that I learned is that for something that big, I have to, since I'm short, I'm not that tall compared to, like, a lot of other dudes, I have to, like, dig even further in with my arms up to almost, like, my forearms, almost mm. touching, like, where my elbow is to actually, like, grab it and then pick it up so then I could kind of, like, put it on my knees and then just then stand up with it yeah man that dude that was crazy though man like i didn't think i could carry the 200 pound sandbag like, well i knew i could but like i was like wait you know it, it feels like and i think it weighs a little bit more because it's kind of bloated like it, it looks like fat like a pill you right. know what i mean like it pops from the ends so i think it's a little bit more maybe like 10 or 20 more pounds but man that that was heavy bro like it feels like my guts and like I, like like a part like but like i realized that it's a big technical thing that i have to develop more with such bigger items for me to like because the heavier it gets like because like the 150 pound one it looks so much smaller compared to the 200 pound one it's crazy how much 50 pounds made that much of a difference in terms of the size of the sandbag how far did you walk back and forth i so i saw the video but i can't tell exactly how far the yeah so i was. would say maybe like like 20 30 feet maybe yeah. i don't know man i and i think that was like I think I, I could have definitely walked further if I had a goal, but like the idea is that I want to walk back and bring it back to where I start so that right. like I can go progressively further. So I did that like three times out of Damn. the set, but then I do like I do other stuff. So I get like them Home Depot buckets and I put like I think there's like 60, 70 pounds in each of those buckets and I walk with those things and then I do like some squats, push ups, and something else like a like another sandbag workout. But yeah, no, yeah, I do like. I was, I was like, it's so heavy. And I was like, I need to like space them out a bit more. But I was thinking like, man, will I lo loosen, like put less sand in there? Like take out some of the sand? I was like, nah, I want to like, I just need to develop the technique to make it easier. But yeah, man, the 200 pounds was crazy, man. And it felt like I like I hit like, I hit like I've never been this strong before. It's like, oh my God, <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, dude. It's crazy. It weighs more than me. Like I, I, I like, I'm like 190, 188 around there. So it definitely weighs more than me now. 
Damn. Yeah, that, that's crazy. Congrats. I saw when when you finished the uh, the carry, I could I could hear like the <laughs> the amount of effort you put into it. That was cool. Yeah. I was like, oh, 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 man. I had to walk it out after that, man. That was crazy, dude. Man, yeah, that was uh, that was good. Well, yeah, keep us updated on your because uh, I remember we were talking about this like months ago when you're, yeah, you just man. started with the sandbags. That was so it's cool, cool your your yeah. your journey to becoming a super saiyan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, dude. Because like it was only as of October when I first picked up the sandbag, and I and I bought the 150, but I definitely couldn't do the 150. So I took out like almost like 30, 40 pounds pounds of sand out of that thing, and it was like maybe like 110, and now it's like. I've progressed like 90 pounds in the last 88 months and I haven't been training as much as I could be, but I just try every time I do train it, I just go real hard with it. All right on. Um, a couple of other housekeeping items before we uh, move on to FGC stuff. Uh, keep it classy. The Patreon podcast I do, uh, number seven is complete and recorded. I just have to edit it a little bit because of audio issues. Uh, it was me. Uh, Commander Snowflakes and uh, my roommate Moose, uh, we just kind of sat down. So you, we all used to be roommates together like uh, a few years ago. And uh, Snowflake actually came up uh, to visit. And uh, we all just kind of sat down, had some pizza, had a couple drinks and uh, and talked about yeah. life. So it was, uh, yeah, we, we got the, uh, we went to just Walmart and did like the, the Easy Bake uh, pizza. So. <laughs> journal joints <laughs> the no no not the journal uh, the ones that they have like oh. the big ones uh that i don't know the walmart branded ones where they put like <laughs> they put everything on it so it was like the uh oh, yeah. the supreme pizza so um yeah we, we all had about three slices so anyway it was good it was good times we had it we had a we had a fun uh fun evening and uh so i'll put that up on patreon once i get everything uh ready but um uh, it was uh it was overall fun kind of uh, getting to talk to those guys again in that same uh, same setting. So uh, look forward to that if you like listening to people ramble about uh, nothing. <laughs> it's, it's like an episode of Seinfeld, really. More importantly, um, I am speaking to the community now. Uh, I would like to run a Killer Instinct tournament because hey. uh, KI is sick. It's, it's sort of back in our Discord. We've actually had um, more and more people interested, start downloading it. Or some of them have uh, got it on the Steam sales, which is ha- happening right now. The summer sale is like $9, $10. And so I want to run Cash These Hands number four. I don't have a date in mind yet. I don't I don't know when. But uh, since initially I thought we were going to run Strive. But listen, the player rooms in Strive simply do not work. So we can't run that game on PC. Oh, yeah? No, we can't, yeah. Maybe on PS4, but I don't own a PS4, so maybe someone else in our Discord who does play it on PS4 wants to run that tournament. But as far as if I'm going to run it, I have to have it on PC. And since the player rooms are still broken, there's no point in running Strive. So I would like to run Killer Instinct if we can. So if anybody's listening to this who's interested in Killer Instinct and wants to play just casual, all there's not a single pro who has like you know 50 hours in the game among us. We've all just recently started getting into it so we all suck so if you want to come join us you'll be on our same level and it's just to have a little time um and come catch these ultras man because that game is so fun (laughs) it's super fun so we'll figure we'll figure it all out Uh, if we can get some people i think we have about six to seven people now who could probably could play that game if we all schedule it around the same time if depending on availability but i would like to get more people interested so if anybody's listening that's interested in killer instinct or wants to play just a fun little casual tournament um obviously get it on windows store xbox one or steam there's cross play uh across all three of those 
and then uh, yeah, come play. So I know it's free for Game Pass, I believe, and it's uh, not ten bucks on Steam Summer Sale right now. And uh, Windows Store, if you get it on one for Xbox, I think you get it on the, on the other. So uh, it's available. It's there. It's got rollback. It's got crossplay. So yeah, I would definitely love to have a Hollywood event involving Killer Instinct because it's uh, it's a fun game. It's a great game. Actually, we're gonna talk about that game here in a bit in the news items. But until Strive fixes their player system and their rooms, uh, maybe we can run some Killer Instinct in the in the in the meanwhile. Actually, before we get to Hollywood Question of the Week, have you gotten anything cool off of the Steam Summer Sale? Uh, I got a couple games JJ mentioned. Man, he showed me some real good gems out there, man. I was like, oh, this is, oh, what's, oh. Like, <laughs> the dude showed me some really good looking uh, stuff. JRPG? And I did get, like, I got this game. Called... No, no, not even JRPG. You know what's funny is there's not, like, much JRPG, I would say, on Steam. And turn-based isn't something I see much in there, uh, to be honest. I, as weird as that is, I don't feel like I see much turn-based in general. Um, but nah, there were like, uh, there were different type of games. Like I got one that was like a, uh, you ever heard of wild guns? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a cover type of shooter. Yeah, I got, I got, well, I didn't get that one yet, but there was another one that I got and it's called bot vice. I think it was called. It's like two bucks. It's pretty fun. Bought me though. The first level. <laughs> I'm not, no, <laughs> I'm not that good in those games, man. To be honest, man, I don't think I am, but yeah, it's pretty fun. I, and I did get KI, man. Like I, uh, I bought it. I was like, Ooh, $10. I was like, all right, yeah, man, finally. I wasn't going to buy it for 50 or 60 or whatever, but $10, you know, that, that sounds about right. Yeah, no, that's, that's sick. Another one joins the the crew, so it'd be it'd be really fun to, to obviously have people. So I've seen there's actually a bunch of fighting games that are on sale. I think actually every fighting game is on sale except for one. I think you could probably guess it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that later. But uh, yeah, there's like if you want all the fighting games that are normally don't go on sale, so Arcana Heart or Million Arthur or KOF 14 even, all those fighting games are on sale right now on the Steam Summer Sale. So make sure you uh, you grab them. I think the Steam Summer Sale ends in a couple weeks. So uh, plenty of good games out there. It ends on the 8th. 8th, yeah, 8th of July. Okay, yeah. So you got about 10, 11 days to, to grab any game you want. Mm. You really should have grabbed the Mori if, you know, if I'm just saying, but uh, it's all good. It's 20% <laughs> off, man. That's not enough. <laughs> they just, uh, Omocat just celebrated six months of uh, release with like a new poster and stuff. Six months. That's like a six month relationship. <laughs> right. That game, that game sold really, really well, actually. Oh, nice, dude. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's get to Hollywood Chill of the Week before we get to Hollywood Question of the Week. Uh, Remember last week I told you, hey, if I finish Claymore, I'll let you know what's up? Well, yeah, yeah. here I am. Finished Claymore. And, man, I got to say, Pringle, you you said you've seen the anime, right? I highly, highly recommend you uh, you, you read the, the, the manga because, mm-hmm. man, that was, uh, I think it's arguably a masterpiece. I don't know if I want to give it like, you know, that uh, connotation of you know just give it that label of being oh my god this is amazing this is the best mm. but to me i i really really enjoyed it what a series really it's uh it was so fun front to back like chapter one to 155 i there wasn't a point there where like i was disappointed or angry or none of that like i just had a really good time reading it and it's such a great series because I find that the story really focuses on uh, building characters as opposed to building a world. So 
if if you read like books, a lot of authors, especially Stephen King, uh, he focuses so much on building the world around his concept for whatever narrative he wants to bring out. And sometimes he forgets to build characters, which sucks because, OK, I know exactly what the weather is and how the trees look, but who are these people? And I'm more of like a character lover. I love when characters have cool backstories and stuff. And Claymore, yeah. man, it achieves that for sure. Like. I, to be honest, I don't even know much about the world of Claymore. It's pretty simple. Like, there are monsters and they're bad and the Claymores are there to annihilate them. That's really all you should know. And then once you start realizing who the characters are, be it, you know, Claire or Rocky or Miria or, you know, Galatea, all these cool, cool characters, it, the world starts to build around them. And it's, uh, it's a beautiful series, really. So I highly recommend it. It's Obviously, it's dark fantasy. It's not for everybody. But if you like the the less you know driven as far as like uh there's not as much comedy there's it's not really slice of life but if you like the darker stuff that's a little more serious and and concept um i highly recommend claymore i don't want to give up too much but uh, i just have to say that uh, it's definitely going into my collection i'm either looking to buy the manga individually or if i can find the box set for cheap which has them all um i'll get that and uh yeah, that'll be after I'm done with Blood on the Tracks. When I finish that collection, Claymore for sure is the next thing I'm coming. So when when Attack on Titan ended and I finished that, I was like so disappointed, dude, because Attack on Titan was like <laughs> it was it got really high and then got really low and then got high again and then it ended low for me personally. But with Claymore, it started high and then stayed at the same peak the whole time. And the coolest part that I was talking about to I think myths in the disc in the Discord. I was saying because he's already uh, watched it and read it. As I was saying, it kind of reminds me a lot of One Punch Man, but the opposite in the fact that this one is a tragedy as opposed to a comedy. And Claymore is, does such a cool job of being able to get carried by multiple characters. So I think I talked to you before. Is with One Punch Man, you can have volumes that have like no Saitama, no Genos, no King, no Fubuki, no any no Garo, right? Like none of the main mm -hmm. characters. But the 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 story can really be carried by people like Flashy Flash or Metal Bat or Child Emperor. You know, all these other cool characters and they're interesting. <laughs> yeah, Movement Rider. All these characters really do <laughs> such a good job of progressing the story and making you interested. Claymore does the same thing because there's you know, parts in which you don't see the main characters, but then you have secondary and tertiary characters really fill the void and give you a great, great uh, experience. So, yeah, I couldn't say better things about Claymore. I really, really enjoyed it. Nice, dude. That's that's great to hear, man. I So the ending was good because that's mm -hmm. I know it was good, but that's always been my concern because it seems like these people, man, they make such big series and they just cannot wrap it up. And that's a big part of it all. Like... It, it's got to go down, man. It's got to it's got to end right, man. Kind of like what if Breaking Bad wouldn't be as good if it didn't end the way it ended. I swear, man. Right. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I I have to say I thought I thought it ended. I was very content with the ending, which I don't say that a lot with things that I finish. As far I mean, the most recent example obviously was Attack on Titan, where I was sorely yeah. disappointed. I was like, oh, that was a terrible way to end it, and that's happened multiple times, right? I think the last time mm -hmm. that I was kind of happy with an ending even though it was vague, was spoilers, but like Code Geass, when that ended, I was like, all right, I could see why you would go that route. But there's other series that I've either watched or read, um, even books, that I was like, man, that mm. was not the right way to go because it... The worst part is that you don't want to have your audience know that there is nothing coming up and they still have no closure. 
I have closure with Claymore, so I'm happy that the the way it ended. Like I was like, okay, in theory, it actually could have gone way longer, but the way it ended, I was like, you know what? There might be a couple of uh, things that they didn't talk about, mm-hmm. but they're not so pertinent to the main story that it's okay if they're left uh, the way they are. So I was like, man, I'm I'm happy. I, I like the way it mm-hmm. ended. Yeah, so now I have to find uh, another thing to shill for the next uh, couple weeks because uh, <laughs> there won't be it anywhere. <laughs> All right. Oh, man. We'll see. You know, you're going to... Uh, yeah, I I definitely like the, the vein of Clay, Claymore. Like, it's almost like in the same vein of, like, Berserk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they definitely did it really good with, uh, with what I saw in that show. It's pretty dope. Yeah, I'll have to see with Berserk, so I'm still reading it. But Berserk right now, I find that it's really carried by guts, right? But uh, yeah. with Claymore, uh, you had Claire as the main uh, person there, but it could be carried by other characters as well. I don't know if that's the case with Berserk. I would still have to continue on reading it. I kind of took a break. Is, yeah, I, I think, well, it's also like, I think Guts is the big carry. Well, he's a really cool character too, but mm-hmm. I think he is the big carry. And some of the characters around Guts get affected by him. Right. And then there's also some pretty interesting interactions between that but yeah man i mean i'll try if i ever like look into claymore i'll probably just get like a little manga of it like a physical manga of the thing again yeah no so it's, i can read it physically yeah it's really good all right uh let's get the hollywood question of the week and this is going to be a theme throughout this podcast uh, i just i didn't really know exactly where to place this but this comes from deco7 on discord and he asks, do you think with the positive reception of Guilty Gear Strive that it may set any new kind of view on accessibility in fighting games? We'll, we'll talk about this a lot on, on this episode. But uh, what do you think? <laughs> do you think, you think Strive is going to set the precedent to how, uh, how accessibility is handled now? I think it will probably. It's <laughs> made so not. much money, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I hope not, man. Not abs- absolutely not, dude. Man, I've seen Strive. I've seen more of it and more of it. I feel like I'm just watching the same characters do the same thing over and over. Oh, man. Like, ah, man. We were talking about that with uh, Daru, right? Arc system. Yeah, man. Arc system, man. They just, ah, I feel like they just want money now, man. They like, they, they're definitely catering to the to the people that, that, because like, man, I, I, I saw like Donkey. You, I don't know if you know Donkey. Oh, yeah. He's they, really you, funny. Yeah, this dude's playing Strive. I even see him playing with with Critical. I'm like, these dudes don't ever play no Guilty Gear. They don't know what that game is. Now they know about it. I'm like, oh man, it, it's it's definitely hitting all the right boxes when it comes to popularity, man. And like, I've seen the game, and it's definitely not for me, man. But I think it it would the, I think it is gonna set some new thing into fighting games because of the the overwhelming success of of strive everyone's going to be like we need to match that so we can kind of you know we can we can we can outweigh our losses in money you know yeah i do think it'll have some impact but the one part with strive is i don't really know so it sold three hundred thousand copies right yeah and it's uh we'll get to it later but uh from what the stat that i've seen it's the second fighting game to sell three hundred thousand copies within the first three days or four days of launch um, which actually even beat Tekken 7. The only other game that has uh, beaten that mark was uh, Dragon Ball Fighters. No surprise there, right? But Arc System, baby. Arc System, yeah. Well, I mean, Dragon Ball. I mean, come on. Yeah, uh, it is, yeah. But Arc System definitely helped in that regards. <laughs> but I don't know how much of the success of Strive has to do with the 
the simplicity of the, or whatever the accessibility that you want to say that the game has with regards to bringing in newcomers or how much is it also affected by the fact that the game is really pretty and the fact that it has a five-hour movie story mode and it has you know this uh a lot of things that casuals like when they see the trailers are like, mm-hmm. oh, that was cool. Counter, you know, like they like that stuff. Yeah. It's all that dopamine. But I, I also heard that the single player content was just not that good from what uh I heard. Outside of like the tutorial, there's not much single player content. It's a movie, right? So it's not really anything you're playing through. Yeah, but the movie was good from what I understand. I haven't played it yet, but people liked it. And it kind of closed the saga mm-hmm. on the uh excerpt story, so and now it makes sense why they were remember pre-release it made a lot of sense now that they were showing the movies of the the excerpt story on the yeah. arc system works channel because strive story oh, is yeah. the completion of that and it's like five hours long so they're basically catching people up to the narrative and then strive finished mm-hmm. it so i heard people liked it you know it's something yeah. to do especially for streamers you know they just they can just watch the the movie and they have a five-hour stream on their hands yeah, so yeah. so i don't know how much you can attribute the success of Strive just to the fact that uh, it's more accessible, which I would also argue that it's probably not. But as far as the rudimentary uh, access points for for casuals, yeah, I mean, you it lets you hit it lets you hit buttons, and it's really flashy. But yeah. I don't know how much of an emphasis that would be. So, uh, but as far as if it would impact, maybe, yeah, I think to be honest with you, I think fighting games were going in that direction anyway. And you can look at, uh, mm-hmm. what's the first fighting game that really did that? Um, in the eighth con, maybe street fighter five, right? Street fighter five started it Tekken seven, then yeah. kind of, uh, yeah. went in that direction, but they didn't go all the way in that direction. And then I think the catalyst for that was, you know, BB tag and then dragon ball, that's accessible, right? That's way more accessible than than Central Fiction or, you know, Persona 4 Arena. Like, that's... Even the, the crazy part is Persona 4 Arena has auto combos. Like, legit auto combos. The ones that are, like, people love to mash. And it's less mm-hmm. accessible, than, in my opinion, than something like Dragon Ball Fighters, Which is uh, incredible. Because... Yeah, man. Who would have thought? <laughs> people were talking shit about Persona 4 Arena back yeah. in 2012. And... You know, eight years oh, later, yeah, we're like, that, oh, man, man. <laughs> maybe we should go back to those days. Yep. Yeah. No, I, I, I do remember that. It's the same people that same people that talk crap about Persona 4 Arena are out here being competitive DBFZ players. So mm-hmm. I was like, All right. <laughs> and they played that game. They were put, they were into that game before you could even change the assist. So characters were locked into being assist. So if your character yeah. sucked ass, your character sucked ass. And there's nothing you could do. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, but yeah, we'll we'll see. I like I said, I don't want to spend too much time on this because we will talk about this when we get to topic of the week and all this stuff. So, uh, but yeah, it's a good question, Deco. Uh, we have one correction here, Pringle, even though we didn't cover it because I don't know, I just didn't. I don't like covering stuff like this because it makes no sense to me. But anyway, yeah. Um. So Tekken Cross Street Fighter was uh, presumed dead because uh, Harada was recently seen in a video, and he said in a long time. Or he said that the long uh, dormant Tekken Cross Street Fighter was officially canceled. But a couple of days passed and he has since clarified that the subtitles on that video were mistranslated. So the project remains quote unquote mm. pending. So it's still in the works, but it's just dormant. Um, so Tekken Cross Street Fighter oh. was announced 11 years ago in 2010. Remember, I don't know if you were there. Uh, so Bandai Namco and Capcom had this uh, little conference where. You had Ono there, Harada there, and they were kind of 
talking about collaboration. So uh, alongside the uh, companion game, which was on Capcom's Capcom side, Street Fighter Cross Tekken, that was released in 2012. Bandai Namco was then supposed to follow the Capcom game two years later in 2014, but it's been pushed back since they started development on Tekken 7. So they put it to the back burner. Nobody knew when it was going to come out. Mm. And... The game has since been on paused development, and it's roughly at 30% complete. So it's to be seen if it'll get picked up again in the future. Now, I don't know if you remember when Harada said during the season four, uh, whatever you want to call it, the stream that they had, he was saying that he didn't even know that Tekken 7 would go four seasons. He thought he was going to be done at two. So maybe according to his plan, he was going to do two seasons of, of Tekken 7 and then presume doing Tekken Cross Street Fighter, but they just ended up, you know, moving along with Tekken 7. So I don't know what the future lies for this game. But initially, I'll be honest with you, I was kind of excited for Tekken Cross Street Fighter because I thought it could be a cool collaboration. But uh, 2021, Mac, mm-hmm. uh, I don't want this game, man. <laughs> I don't want it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, but, yo, so what my question would be is it would be, would it be in the vein of Tekken or would it be in the vein of Street Fighter? Because Street Fighter X Tekken was basically just a 2D fighter. Would yeah, Tekken X Street it, Fighter be it, a 3D? Yeah, it would be a 3D fighter with uh, Street Fighter characters. Oh, that'd be pretty interesting, actually. Would it? Do you like Akuma in Tekken 7? <laughs> oh, no, you're right. Fireballs all over the place. Everybody would have a fireball. <laughs> fight Guile in it. <laughs> fight Guile. <laughs> Yo, I mean, the idea in, in in concept, I think it like would be interesting. Probably not in execution, but yeah, I don't really care about that game, man. I, I, I even even Street Fighter X Tekken, I don't really care about. It. Everybody looks so oily in that game. I don't, like someone <laughs> just got lathered up in grease in that game, man. Looking like oil king. But nah, I don't really, I don't really like, I don't really care about the game, man. I, I don't know if I ever will. Like, it just doesn't seem interesting. I feel like, like I feel, I feel like I would prefer to see something like a, uh, like a Tatsunoko versus versus Capcom type of thing, or or, or uh, Capcom versus SNK. That sounds much more interesting than Tekken versus Street Fighter or X Street Fighter. To be honest. Yeah, I think the experiment. So there's a couple problems. So they put Akuma in Tekken Seven, but they put Street Fighter Four Akuma in Tekken Seven. So they gave him FADC, That's which. True. Kind of to be honest, it, uh, it it game breaks. FADC really breaks the game. Um, it's not a mechanic that's really supposed to be in Tekken, but it, I'm just thinking about all the possibilities that if they want to maintain Street Fighter characters to how they are, like you just mentioned, Guile. Could you imagine every time you knock down Guile, you have to wait for a uh, for his wake up because he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna wake up with something? It's like oh man. <laughs> I would, I would hate to get flash kicked on with this man can he could he could wake up three wake up four he could roll flash kick he could do like eight things out of his knockdown man <laughs> yeah so i don't know it depends on how they handle it i'm not too excited for it to be honest but i think uh tech and cross kof would be really cool especially if they really <laughs> mitigate the fireball characters um and they they, they only put the characters that uh are more martial artsy. That could be interesting, but mm. Street Fighter has so many zoning tools at their, their disposal. Yeah. Maybe not so much in their own Street Fighter game, but you put Street Fighter characters in Tekken, and everybody's a zoner. So it's like, oh man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. And I would also uh, say that like that whole thirty percent development feels like they just don't really care about it. 
It almost makes me think Harada just was like, nah, man, we, it ain't done yet. It's not canceled. But if it's 30% and it's been like 10 years, years, who the yeah. hell's going to work on that at that point? Yeah, like, that thing's been, like, no one's going to work on that, man. You're going it, it, to, it's, it's like, uh, you, you, it's just one of those things where it's so much in the back burner or in the backlog that it's just going to, there's no rush to actually finish it at that point. Right. Well, it's it's also two console generations behind. So, what are we doing here? Like, yeah. Oh my god. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that was all for the podcast corrections. Uh, now we can get to some news. So, Pringle, we normally talk about uh, KOF character KOF fifteen characters on this podcast, right? But uh, yeah. I'm making uh, an executive decision, if you would so call it. Oh. F- FGC Hollywood is boycotting KOF 15 until they get serious. So this is the last time I am mm-hmm. talking about this game if all they do is give me more character trailers. So on uh, June 23rd, 2021, SNK revealed Vanessa in the upcoming KOF 15, right? So Vanessa joins Blue Mary yep. and Luong as part of Team Secret Agent. I don't care. Whatever. She looks okay. She, <laughs> it's, uh, she, she looks weird. She looks both good and bad. They keep doing this. I'm tired of talking about it. So whatever. I'm not going to talk about it. If Melty Blood Type Lumina showed me anything, it is that weekly character trailers have an expiration date. I think it's at about two months. Like after eight of them, I'm good. Like, all right, I need something else here. So I put put a little package here of information of what we know of KOF 15 after 24 weeks. It's been 24 weeks since the initial reveal trailer, okay? There are... 23 characters in the game, a handful of established teams, some remnants of uh, characters with no teams, some sort of a blue and purple cancel, animations and character models are polarizing. Some are good, some are bad, similar to just like Vanessa we just saw. SNK is working on their own rollback netcode, but it hasn't been confirmed as of yet. They would say that they are looking into that solution, but they don't know exactly how it's going to work out. So we don't know what's going on there. Um, And then the last thing is the game has been delayed to 2022. Those are all the things that we have concrete. Here's what we don't know. No idea what the UI looks like. No information on what the gameplay mechanics do. Just speculations from the trailer, right? We have to look at the cancels that Clark is doing. It's like, oh, I think that was that. But I have no explanation. So that's annoying. No information on a potential beta, especially now that the game's been delayed. They've been silent. No real story mode details, aside from the fact that we've seen characters get resurrected, and so they have returned. But we don't know, like, what's going on. Like, I I personally don't care for it, but... At least it's something else, so it would be interesting to have a different detail, but instead we are here with resurrected characters and we just have to think about what's happening. No update on how the rollback is coming, so it's been a while since they've spoken about that they want to do it, but they don't know if they will. And lastly, we have no roadmap to when we'll receive any of these details or pieces of information. So all we are left with is waiting for every Wednesday or Thursday or whenever the trailer drops and see, oh, wow, it's this character. I guess I'll see you next week. Shatter all expectations. Peace out. And I'm kind of tired of it, to be honest. Oh, man. Didn't think the day would come, but I'm not surprised because that whole delay to 2022, man, that sunk my heart, bro. I was like, I guess I really don't have anything to believe in anymore, FGC. 
<laughs> I was like, I don't have anything to believe in. And where's Hanako, bro? Like, <laughs> if you're going to hit me with the delay, you better show the girl. No, man, dude, I, I cannot believe. Dude, such a delay that it's like, man, we wanted to believe, yo. But now all they do is, they, you know what it is? It's like they're feeding us like little, like smirk, little, like, you know, like it's like a drug dealer giving you little taste of crack, mm-hmm. man. He's giving us every week, you get a little bit of taste, but he just won't give us the whole bag. And we got the money, but he wants to hold it out on us, man. It's terrible. I, I, I don't like the, the things we don't know feel so evident that it's like, come on, man. I don't know what the UI looks like. If it looked like Stripe, I'm going to be upset. <laughs> I don't know what the gameplay mechanics are. What if they like kind of funky? I, who knows if there's going to be a beta? I don't even feel like there's going to be one. Story mode, what if they ain't even a story mode, man? They're just going to do a versus arcade mode, and it's going to be like Street Fighter V with, with Photoshop. You know what I mean? Like Photoshop pictures, and that's, that's it. Oh, man. We don't know anything about the rollback. I don't know anything else about it. It feels like it's like, it, it's like you've been going out with a girl for like years, and you don't really know who she is. <laughs> but you still have to pay for the dates, right? <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, I'm paying for all the dates, and she's out here trying to Get filet mignon, $60, $70 plates. You just won't be cool with McDonald's. Man. She ain't even putting out what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> Been going on for years, man. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, just stringing you along. So, yeah, uh, enough is enough. I won't be covering this game until I get some actual info. They can come out with as many characters as they want. You know what? If Hinako comes, I'll do you a solid and I'll, I'll feature her. But anything else? Ah, man, don't even bother. I'll just we just say Hinako looks dope, and that's it. All right, yeah, we can leave it at that. That's fine. But uh, Melty Blood showed me the truth, man. Like they, this this is what Melty did, and we'll get to it later when we get to uh, to the other news item. But Melty Blood did what SNK has not. They did one reveal trailer. They went silent for like I don't know how many months, and then they came back and gave us all the information that we want. And the release is coming in a couple of months. Like they oh completely God. foregone every all like the stringing along and all the the things that like the normal not just fighting games but normal everyday gaming, I guess buildup has gone through. And they've have not gone that route. And I really appreciate that. That it's like, hey, the game's coming. We won't say anything until we have good details. And here are all the details. Now the game is out almost. So I don't like the way SNK is doing it. I think. The trailers, they were cool for a second, but, t- bro, 24 weeks? 24 weeks of character trailers? <laughs> yeah, man. Yo, man, I'm going to be real with you, man. Melty Blood took a doo-doo on everything else. How? It's like, come on, man. Melty Blood. This, this homeboy Melty Blood came in. It's like it just came in. What's up, y'all? Here's my time. I'm coming. See you there. Mm-hmm. Let's get it, man. K.O. is out here every week. Vanessa, shout out. Yo, I'm not going to lie, but I even forgot Blue Mary was even in the game. Like, I forgot she even had a character. I don't even remember discussing it, man. Did we even? I don't remember discussing it at all, dude. And I had to, I rewatched it and I'm like, see, man, all these characters, it's just not enough anymore, man. It's, no. it's not enough. Not, not especially when you have another game that gave me 10 character trailers and did all of this in like a minute and a half. Like, come on, man. <laughs> all right. Yeah. No, they uh they really have strung us along a little too long. So yeah, until I get any further information, uh, KOF 15 is uh, off my radar. Which is, you know, I didn't think I would get there either. Because remember, during 2020, I picked KOF 15 to be the best fighting game of 2021. Obviously, that's no longer the case because it's been 
pushed over to 2022. But uh, I just think the way they've gone through a couple things, they've really been mishandled. So hopefully they get their act together here shortly. Yeah, man, definitely. It's been ve- it's just dull, man. It's very, very dull. Mm-hmm. All right. Speaking of things that are dull, Grand Blue Fantasy versus final <laughs> season two past character. And uh, there's more, I guess. So on June 26th, 2021, during the Rage 2021 Summer Tournament, Games announced the last character of Grand Blue Fantasy versus character past two. And it's six, but it's spelled S-E-O-X. But I guess the way you say it is six. Uh, six uh-huh. is set to launch on July 12th, 2021, and will come with one lobby avatar, one character icon, and two RPG mode quests. However, and what was the most surprising announcement during the event was the tease of more characters to come with another reveal planned for August of this year, presuming the thought that a third character pass may be planned for the game. So that was kind of weird. So I put some stats here just to give you an idea why this is weird, at least to us, right? So Grand Blue Fantasy mm-hmm. Versus released in North America in March of 2021, or rather March of 2020, sorry. Uh, it has shipped over half a million copies worldwide. So over a year and change, half a million. That's not bad. It's DLC mm-hmm. practices have been a point of scrutiny, right? We're not going to... We, we've had... I think we actually dedicated like almost a whole podcast about why we don't like it. Uh, by the way, mm-hmm. we talked about it earlier, uh, about the Steam sales. This is the only fighting game that came out within the last couple years that isn't on sale on Steam. By the way, even Samurai Showdown is on sale right now, which came out last week. So... That's just to tell you how they deal with money over there at Sci Games. They want all of it. <laughs> so that's annoying. Uh, the Steam population is a Discord fighter, practically dead. Like we've seen the screenshots. No, on Steam, if you're not a part of a select group, then you're not playing this game with anybody. On PS4, it might be a little bit different, but from what I saw on Steam, TFH is doing better, which is amazing to me. Mm-hmm. Netcode is pretty damn bad still. So. That's no excuse. Story and RPG mode is innovative for a fighting game. So that's the one thing it has going for itself that like no other fighting game can really do. Although, I mean, TFH can kind of say that. But the story mode, at least that one is a positive and it's, and it's uh, on its side. And then the last thing is the DLC selection has been odd. So I'm not a Grand Blue uh, mobile gacha player, but I've spoken to a couple. And from what I understand is the DLC selection in this game has been quite peculiar because a lot of the characters that people want are not in the game. Like the popular characters from the mobile game have not made it to the roster. Like a couple of them have, but I guess the selections have been really odd. So the way this game is handled, we've spoken about this, you know, and ad nauseum. Mm. It's really mishandled the way it's it's done. But, dude, I really thought that this was the end for this game. I thought Strive would have killed it and, you know, all the other games that it would have to compete with would have really pushed it back. But now they're announcing more characters. I am really taken back. I thought this was the end for this game, but I guess not. I guess there's going to be more characters. But I'm going to tell you, man, with the lay-based netcode, with the way that game plays, with the amount of people that play it, this game almost reminds me a little bit of like it's it's behind the generation so the fact that it's getting mm-hmm. continued support is so surprising to me but hey man good for them i guess listen if they got the money and they want to do it that's fine but uh i'm just 
glad that people have other options now. So if you really, really love Grand Blue Fantasy, all right, go support your game. I respect it. But at least you have, you know, Strives out there, Melty Bloods out there, you know. So that's good. But uh, yeah, I just found this news to be kind of strange. I thought this was the end for Grand Blue Fantasy. Man, and, uh, you know, yeah, me too, man. And now I'm looking at now, I'm looking at the Steam charts, and there's like 30 people playing this game right now on, on Steam. And there's like 100 at a peak of 24 hours. Man, that's pretty bad, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and it also made me think, it's, it's sad. You know what? COVID took from us, but we're not going to let it take all of us. We're going to outlive COVID. They said we're going to get back into normal-ass offline tournaments, and we're going to survive this damn thing, and we're going to get as much money as we can squeeze out of this game, <laughs> man. Because that's what it feels like. Like, literally, this game outlived COVID. You know what I mean? It's like out of its popularity because, like, I think personally, if it would have had good net code, it would have carried the game a lot better than what the game is currently right now like it would have maybe survived i would even say but man dude nobody's playing this really is a discord fighter game um and it's kind of sad that you know they it seems like a cash grab the fact that you mentioned that they didn't add any of the popular characters i'm not too surprised because it does seem like anytime they add a new character i hear people not say anything like mildly interest like they don't sound mildly interested at all at any of the new characters that Mm -hmm. come into the game so like yeah man the last two that got added that i saw people were actually excited for were ul and eustace but everything else has been like oh man why them like there was they wanted the other (laughs) ones oh man it's like uh man what what it's like pokemon dude where they they add all the unfavorable pokemon like oh man what Mm -hmm. the garbage pokemon really yeah you want like gengar they add the one that looks like a chair <laughs> yeah <laughs> good lord oh man all right well yeah good luck to side games i guess all right speaking of killer instinct we talked about this at the top of the show so here uh we got some information on killer instinct's future so this was on june 23rd 2021 during an appearance on the dropped frame podcast fellow podcast uh shout out to them Xbox head Phil Spencer discussed the possibility of a new Killer Instinct project for Xbox. So he is quoted saying this, There are so many good games in our catalog that we would love to visit. The response when we redid KI at the launch of the Xbox One was fantastic. Not everyone inside the Xbox org saw what that game could become. It is in our hearts and in our minds that we want to continue to do something with KI. It is about finding the right team and the right opportunity, but it is not due to any lack of desire on our, t- on our part that we aren't doing more with KI. We love the franchise and the community response, end quote. So mm. it sounds like it was positive. So I, I, initially when I when I thought about this, I was like, what do you mean the right team when I got just the, the headline? But then when I read the whole thing and I listened to the actual podcast, I was like, all right, that kind of makes sense. So here I just want to explain to everybody. So Killer Instinct's most recent uh, game was released in 2013. It's initially uh, it's a franchise that started in 1994, right? But the most recent entry was the one we all know for Xbox One and Steam and Windows stores, the one that came out in November of 2013. The first season was produced by Double Helix Games, and the second and third seasons were handled by Iron Galaxy with assistance from Rare. So here's where these studios are at now. Iron Galaxy, as of their latest projects, have mostly been assisting with ports of various games to different platforms. So they do Switch Switch ports or they do PS4 ports. So they're kind of that studio that basically is a contracted out to, to work on ports for games. So they are not so much uh, known for making their own games. They've made a couple, but they mostly 
uh, switch over ports of either older generation games or ones who have not yet made it to different platforms. Double Helix Games has since been rebranded to Amazon Games Orange County after being purchased by Amazon in 2014. So I don't believe Double Helix was ever a first-party studio for Microsoft. So they got bought out by Amazon, and now they're working for Amazon for whatever they're doing. Rare is still under the umbrella of Xbox Game Studios, but I don't know when the last time Rare has made a game. I think they're mostly kind of in the Iron Galaxy position of just working on ports or working on assisting and stuff. So when Phil Spencer said we would love to do it, but we're looking for the right time and team, I'm not sure what the relationship with Iron Galaxy and Microsoft is. I thought maybe they would be a good uh, a good studio to work on this, but looks like they're working on uh, or they're they're looking to do it, but they just don't have the right uh, the right parts to 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 make it all make sense. So we'll see. But uh, I just thought it was kind of interesting the fact that um, he was really he was really complimentary on on Killer Instinct, but I know a lot of those fans would really love a new game and it possibly could even do better than than the old one because uh i don't know if you remember but xbox one the rollout for xbox one wasn't the greatest so mm. it could have been way better if they rolled it out with a, a better plan for its future but uh it wasn't it wasn't the case so if they do something with uh the xbox series consoles especially now that it's been a it's been a while and and uh you know, it's not like the PlayStation 5 has, like, so many exclusives that it just can't compete. So I think, especially if they do crossplay with Steam and, and Windows Store again, a Nuclear Instinct could be really, really cool. And you know the FGC, especially that hardcore KI circle, Comp Breaker especially, they will definitely push this game. So um, there's a lot of potential here. I just don't know when they're exactly waiting or when they're exactly uh, planning on, on pulling the trigger on something like this. Yeah, that's pretty dope, man. I mean, I, uh, I, you know, yeah, the KI guys go hard for their KI. Man. Mm-hmm. They they got the killer instinct in them for real, bro. But so like, <laughs> so I I I will be pretty glad if they end up doing a new KI, and hopefully it's like, you know, good, right. <laughs> but it should be. So um, yeah, that, that's very interesting though. I didn't know about. I, I kind of had an idea of rare, but yeah, that's pretty interesting about all everything else. And it's kind of funny how stuff got rebranded to Amazon game. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Amazon's Jeff Bezos money, man. It's too good, dude. I don't think they've even made a game since they went to Amazon, to be honest with you. Oh, they don't they probably don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Rare, I know a lot of those guys that used to work for Rare, uh, they left and they went to go make uh, ukulele, right? So Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot of different people now. Mm-hmm. So it's not the same Rare. So I don't I don't know I don't know what studio they're looking for. I was trying to brainstorm. I was like, okay, who could be a good studio that would make a, a Killer Instinct? But I really don't know who would do it. I mean, God, I hope they never think about you know like Netherrealm or anything. <laughs> That'd be awful. But uh... yeah, no, thank you, man. Shoot, man. Hey, man. If you need to, man, ask the fans. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Freaking uh, kickstart that goddamn game, man. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, I'm 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 really looking forward to if anything does happen with KI because it's such a cool uh, fighting game and it has a lot of interesting things that they could do within the ninth console generation with it. So uh, hopefully they find the right suit and uh, they pour some money into it because I think it's worth it. 
<laughs> Got you. Yeah, man, definitely. But Pringle, this is why we're here. The savior oh, yeah. of the FCC. Step aside, everybody else. Melty has come to take over. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh man, I've been waiting. Yeah. So on June twenty third, twenty twenty one, Type Moon announced the release date of the upcoming Melty Blood Type Lumina, among other details. And a new trailer, Melty Blood fans saw the return of the two maids, Hisui and Kohaku, along with extended gameplay of multiple other characters, including CL, Arcuid, Shiki, and Akiha, which are all returning from actress again. The Official Melty Blood Type Lumina website also went live with additional details, which include gameplay mechanics and much more. So I've kind of put those into two different spots. So here are the details we know from the game's release package. So the game is set to launch on September 30th worldwide. So that is, as we're recording this podcast, that is three months and three days, which is super, super soon. It is... Yeah, it is coming to PlayStation 4, Switch, Xbox One, and Steam, which thank God. The FGC Savior is here. (laughs) My body is ready. We're in there. So initially when we got the reveal trailer for this game, they said PS4 and Switch. But because we knew that French Bed traditionally has had opposing thoughts to putting things on PC because one of piracy and two because of modding they really don't like those two things and those two things happened with undernight and melty blood so we thought that uh it might not come to PC because traditionally when undernight and birth came to uh PC you had to wait a year from undernight uh ST which came to PS4 to PC, and then we have to wait a month from CLR to PC, from PS4 to PC. So PC has always had to wait a little bit. Thank God we're getting it day in and day with everybody else. September 30th on Steam. Man, I'm so excited. God damn, me too, man. I can't out with it. I'm ready, bro. I'm ready. As far as the other details include, so we'll have uh, four languages. It'll have Japanese, English, Chinese, which are both traditional and simplified, and Korean. No crossplay, unfortunately. So they did mention those, like there won't be any crossplay among those versions. Uh, there's so there's rollback netcode. I couldn't find any updated details on rollback netcode outside from the initial Kamone tweet of him talking about it. So I'm not sure what the, what the progress is there, but from the initial announcement, they did say rollback. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, the pricing. So standard edition will be fifty bucks, forty nine ninety nine, and the deluxe edition will be 70 and I believe the uh, the collector's edition is only available for Japan. So if you want that, you would have to import it. And I forget how much that was. Maybe 100 Man, I, I saw it, and, and the collector in me was like, I want that. Because it comes <laughs> with multiple CDs. It, it, it looks stacked, man. But RIP, man. It's not a, it's not in English, so I probably won't mess that at all. But mm-hmm. you know, you could get it and then resell it. <laughs> but it does look really nice. I did see the the package. It looks really freaking dope, man. Mm-hmm. Almost looked like it came with with the novel itself, man. I was like, damn, bro. That's a real collector's edition, unlike Strive's. You know, their uh, digital soundtrack, digital <laughs> art book. Get out of here with that shit. Yeah. So I think it, it comes with like. I don't know what it is, like three CDs, a book. It tells, like, the book has, like, a Melty Blood series guide and some little dolls, I think. Yeah, it looks like it comes with a good amount of stuff. 
the, also, I just want to say, so Melty Blood's coming out with 10 characters initially, or they said a little more than 10 characters. So it could be 11, could be 12. But if you look at the package for this game, rollback netcode, you have, it's probably going to have some form of a story that's branching mm-hmm. to the new Tsukihime. We'll see what happens with that. Mm-hmm. But the pricing, the standard edition is $50, Pringle, for a brand new game. How about that? 50 bones. 50 bones, man. Come on. Man. They came from the gate. They was like, yo, you getting this, this, and this, and you're going to like it. And I was mm-hmm. like, yes, I understand. <laughs> $50. What was the deluxe edition? What did it come with extra? I think it said something with, uh, I forgot the chick's name, but it came with something with the chick, and I, I couldn't really, I didn't really get it. You get, uh, so you get like multiple add-ons and stuff, and I think it also comes with uh, whenever they do their season pass, that'll be included with it, and you get Arcuid's uh, announcer voice. There we go. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was. That's what it was. That's what I didn't get. Okay, yeah, man, man, but fifty. This thing came fifty bucks, man. Man, all that French bread money, man. Jesus Christ, <laughs> man. Smash plays is jealous of this French bread money, man. man. Jealous. Yeah, no, this is the way to do it. This is the way to win fans over. And, you know, I still think just by the response, so I saw a little bit of the metrics online, I still think Melty will probably be poverty because of the fact that it doesn't seem like a lot of people know about this game, even though there's plenty of other content creators that are talking about it. But it's nowhere near strive levels of hype. But, man, for the core, for us, Pringle, man. This is what I wanted. This is what I want. I'm tired of all this accessible, easy ass, sit in front of your chair, doodle ass games. Man, I want some deep. I want some nice, something that'll last me a while, man. This is gonna be it. I believe in Melty Blood, man. I believe in it. I saw the trailer. Trailer only got like a hundred thousand views, man. Shermie trailer eight hundred thousand. The thirst trap is there. I don't want none of that, man. I don't care about no thirst traps, man. I want good game, man. I want good game, dude. Yeah, it's a it's about time. It's been way too long. I've yeah, had man. to sit through BB Tag, Dragon oh. Ball, oh. Grand Blue, oh. Strive. <laughs> I need this. I really do. I need this Pringle. For real, man. Jeez, it just feels like the way the way Melty came out, is, and like the fact that we got a release date, dude. That means so much to me. So much games nowadays are like, all right. This is when the game drops. Ha ha. To be to be dated. Uh to be announced. <laughs> Q 202035. Like, what the hell is this, man? Like, what happened? The game's just dropping the release date with the trailer. Like, and on the same year, help, you know what I mean? I want to see it on this, and I don't feel like they're gonna delay the game. Nah, man, I think they're ready to go, man. Yeah. The only reason why is that they're giving people time to prepare their bodies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes, yes, absolutely. So, no, they're doing a lot of things right out the gate, which is very encouraging. Now, here are the details that we know about the mechanics. So all this stuff is actually on their website. They've been pretty transparent with everything. So the game has rapid beat, which is another form of an auto combo, using one button to get some damage. Now, I saw people being like, oh, I hate auto combos, which eventually I kind of want to do a feature on auto combos because there's a way to get them right and there's a way to get them wrong. If they're doing their rapid beat the way Undernight and Birth does auto combos, that's absolutely fine. Because, one, those combos suck offensively, so you can't use them uh, to get any sort of real damage. And two, 
they actually have a lot of utility to be used as frame traps. So you can actually start doing a couple of the uh, first, uh, you know, the first and the second move of the auto combo and then go into something else, go into a, like a different string or a reverse beat or any sort of Gatling and get like a frame trap mm. that way, which is great because that's that adds depth. So it gives something to the newcomer. It gives something to the veteran. And if these are undernight style auto combos, yeah, I'm absolutely fine with that. Yeah, man. I, I'd also even say that they probably won't do it like as bad as DBFZ did, where you could just whiff the auto yeah, combo. Exactly. And it comes out. Damn thing. And it's terrible because people can whiff those and it hits people like mm-hmm. all the time. So I don't think I think it will be something like kind of like the Unio or also like Persona 4, where the auto combo can be like an extension, but it doesn't like you get to a point where you barely use it, you know what I'm saying? And that's What's probably going to happen the more you play, especially since Melty has that really dope reverse beat system where you could just go back in terms of like the, you know, the the buttons and all that stuff. Which yeah, is really free. you can go from like a heavy punch to a light kick, which is really cool. Yeah, I love that so much, dude. I yeah. love that. So, yeah, and as far as auto combos, there's a utility for them. Like in Persona, the only time I would ever use them if there was like some funky interaction, like mm-hmm. in neutral. And I got the first hit of the auto combo and I can't do anything. Like, let's say I'm in the, I'm in the air. I would just continue the auto combo just to get meter. Because if you do the auto combo, you get a meter bonus. And it does mm. shit damage, right? Like, it doesn't do anything. But at least you get some meter for it. So out of, like, funky situations like that, that's when I think the auto combo is useful. I know sometimes some people don't like them. I'm not too much of a fan of them. But in this case, it probably won't hinder the gameplay, like, at all. Like it'll probably just be, you know, yeah, sure, you press the button three times to get it like that. But it won't be like BB tag where... That is the the auto combo is like all mm-hmm. a lot of things, you know. Yeah. No. I mean, come on. Let's be real. If you're playing melty, you're doing real combos. Yeah, <laughs> you doing you doing the real stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. Man. Uh, as far as all the mechanics, so it's uh, the shield and counter mechanic, which allows you to defend an attack with a follow up if it's timed correctly. That returns. That used to be an actress again. So that's a that's a cool defensive option. I always like that one. Uh, the magic circuit, which is basically your uh, your meter. Still incorporates heat and blood heat, which can be used for the old school health recovery. So uh, blood heat is, I believe, under 25% health and heat is any percent of health. So it's basically when your meter goes to max, it goes to those modes. Um, As far as the uh, options out of heat and blood heat, so you get arc drive, which is a big super during heat status. And then you get last arc during blood heat status. Mm. Also, you can do EX specials with your meter. So those are all the options you get with uh, just a regular super meter, which is pretty similar to how it used to be an actress again. So thank God. Yeah, yeah, I, lo- man, I, I love it when people bring things back. I mean, I'm a boomer. You know me. I love when mechanics return. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree, dude. I remember the, the heat stuff. Yeah, I definitely remember seeing a lot of that stuff, man. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, man. Don't touch it. Better yet. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Here are the, uh, the moon skills. So remember, everybody was kind of theorizing, okay, hey, the moons are gone. What's what's that moon at the top of the uh, character portrait? So here it is. So uh, a moon skills are, are powerful specials that can be unleashed by consuming the moon icons that appear next to the life gauge. They deal greater damage than regular specials and are not only powerful but easy to activate with simple controls using combinations of directional buttons and attack buttons. So these are basically another version of like i guess an ex attack or some sort of special skill you get with the moon gauge they're um what do you call those uh command normals that's that's basically what they are yeah 
So that's interesting. I like I like that. I mean, you know, as long as the characters are still interesting, I don't mind losing moons. Maybe they'll add them later. Who knows? But uh, having getting a command normal that you can incorporate in your combos, that's great. Yeah, uh, I remember Broken saying that the first Melty Blood, like you know, outside of Actress again, like, first one didn't have the moons and stuff like that. So maybe it would get added on to later down, but. I'm also thinking, hey man, more more things to gatekeep these scrubs. Let's get it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's a it's an interesting idea. I'm, I can't wait to to try it out and see how it works. And the uh, last thing here, as far as the mechanics, is Moon Drive. So it's a power up that can be activated by using all of your Moon icons anytime you have more than one half full. So it temporarily boosts your Moon skill increases your magic circuit number of possible or rather it increases your magic circuit or number of possible jumps dashes as well as providing various other effects so i'm assuming they're character specific effects so this is almost of a form of like a v trigger right so you get uh you lose uh, like a a cooldown base meter to activate other options for your character so that's gonna be interesting depending on how they uh they treat it but uh for only half of your moon to, to activate it. I don't exactly know how you get the the moon meter or moon skill or whatever you, you want to call it. Maybe by using the skills, that's how you get it, kind of like V-Trigger. But uh, yeah, it should be, should be really interesting. I can't wait. Everything that I'm reading here, even though some of it is different, yeah, some of it is different, some of it is the same. It's all very fascinating to me. I don't want a creator to keep making the same game without many like I, I like it's like a Dragon Quest thing. I want Dragon Quest every time, but I'm not gonna stop the dude if he wants to make it a little bit different each time, which he does. So it's like if they want to make Melty Blood different, but still keep what this Melty Blood is, I'm all for it, man. Right. Yep. Now there's a a little uh, quote here from the website that Jam actually has a question to. So I'm, I'll uh, I'll read this and then we'll answer Jam's question. The uh, battle system has been rebuilt from the ground up, but still retains that quote-unquote melty blood spirit. This new system employs combination attacks that can easily be performed through repeated button pressing, which is, again, like the auto combo, allowing players who may be less familiar with fighting games to enjoy exhilarating battles. However, the essence of the previous games has been preserved, so long-time fans can still enjoy their favorite parts of the series with an updated system and all-new action. Experience deeper gameplay and more intense battles in the re in this rebirth of a classic. Yeah. Rebirth, son. This is Jesus <laughs> Christ right here, man. It's the yeah. rebirth of Jesus, the Holy Trinity. <laughs> yeah, y'all, y'all must have forgot. Um, <laughs> the real OG is back. So, Jam, uh, Jam on Discord has a question. Any thoughts on the last two paragraphs? So. I think he means the fact that, uh, one, they're talking about auto combos in here, but they're also saying that legacy skill has returned. It's sort of why I expect, what I expected from Melty Blood, that there were, this isn't going to be Melty Blood Actress again 2.0. This is a different Melty Blood. I think this is going to be a combination of Undernight and Birth and Melty Blood. So I don't think you'll get the same sort of aerial mobility and dashing and all that stuff that you get in Melty Blood, but you'll still, but you won't be as, grounded as undernight and birth you'll have a mixture of the two and i'm okay with that because it's a new brand of melty blood that adds different mechanics from both undernight and the old school melty blood that everybody loves so yeah i i really am encouraged by even reading that one like it says 
to me, what it looks like is like, hey, we want to cater to both casuals and veterans, and this is how we're doing it, instead of like how a lot of other fighting games are like, hey, we want to cater to casuals. And hopefully veterans like it too. <laughs> like, no, man. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is too. Like, hey, man, we want to make this game easy for everyone. And I guess you guys that's been sticking around for the game yeah. for the last 20 years. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. Damn. That's how you treat me. I've been here forever. <laughs> you conned them over here. <laughs> <laughs> How they treat us, man. <laughs> no, no respect for oh, the boomers, man. man. Oh man, not at all, dude. Used up, chewed up, man. Right, old gum. <laughs> uh, before we get the rags question here, do you have anything you want to add to like this whole melty blood announcement or anything that kind of caught your eye? Oh man, I mean, I'm I'm just overall really uh, excited, man. You know, it it's been like a long time coming where I feel like a game <laughs> that is to be like not trying to just sell units you know what i'm saying melty blood like you mentioned it earlier and i want to touch on that but the fact that melty blood is going to be poverty like let's be honest this game is going to be poverty i have not seen many people talk about it and when anybody does they don't get much views or they i don't even see much people even talk about it they're too busy soaking up strive Hmm. so they're not even interested in melty blood it's gonna come and like it, for me, like, it's not unfortunate that it doesn't sell these units because I also believe that French Bread, when they make these games, man, they don't have that expectation. They make these games because they really like to make them because they kind of want to make it. It's not like, and I feel that the spirit of whatever was inside of Unil and Old Melty is going gonna, is gonna to probably be in this one, hopefully. And I mean that in the spirit of the players. Because the people, like, you see Strive, and Strive just hits those numbers right off the park. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It's getting all these numbers. But look at how O'Neal went down. That O'Neal was basically the dude that was eating dirt cookies all day. And then he got somewhere, and now he's sitting with the with the guys in the high floor in the hotel, man. It took a long time for O'Neal to get any notice. Oh, and then yeah. when it did, it got into big tournaments. Like, and that was really freaking dope because it's like, yo, look at O'Neal. Like, I don't really like the game at all. But I respect it because the fans go that hard for that game. And that's what I feel like is going to happen with the new Melty, especially when it comes with good Neko, because that's probably one of the biggest um, the biggest gatekeeping things we have with uh, Melty Blood and O'Neal. It's the Neko. Right. So now we'll be able to play people from hopefully all con- all parts of the country, hopefully. And like that is like, it's going to be so great, man, to be able to play a game that's just coming out straight out the gate. Yo, I'm coming out here. Here's a teaser. Two months ago, drops a trailer. Mysterious, mysteriously drops a trailer with no warning. Just drops it. It's like, yo, we coming out September 30. We'll be there. You can be there. Pre-order this game. Let's get it. It's like, I like how it came out. It reminds me of how games used to come out. It came out in a magazine. You read about it in a magazine. You remember that? It was so yeah. poverty. It was in a magazine. He was like, yo, a new Melty Blood? And 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 it's only because it's tied into Tsukihime. So it's like, oh, oh, crap, man. Yo, a new Melty Blood. And then it's like, you see the teaser, and then the game is ready to drop the same year of said teaser and the trailer. And it's like, oh, man, it, it really reminds me of how games used to just come out, man. They would be like, all right, yo, we're coming out in a couple weeks. Because it really keeps my hype and retention there. I don't like it when games just be like, yeah, I'm coming out in, I don't know, like two, three years. Like, I have a, <laughs> have a long-ass walk at the park. Maybe I'll be back. My, maybe dogs. I'll be here by the time. Yeah, man. Like, oh, that's terrible. Yeah, so much hype. So much stuff like that. It's like, why can't you just come out and just 
be, you know, just 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 come on, be ready to go, man. And that's what I feel like with Melty, and I'm so excited that it's like, and I and the trailer hyped me up, man. I was like, yo, let's go. I finally have something to be interested in. Because I haven't been playing no fighting game, man. I ain't even playing much of Rivals because that Neko pissing me off. So I'm like <laughs> not even playing much of that right now. And I'm just like, dude, what do I have to play, man? That's like nothing, dude. So I, I I really hope that, like, I hope that when people when people do know about Melty, you know what I'm saying? I hope they get interested in it. But I think that because it doesn't have that amount of money that marketing that Strive had or those kind of things, it's just not, it's definitely not going to hit those those uh those boxes for the and it doesn't do that you know what i'm saying multi blood isn't that game it's a game that's tied to a visual novel it almost reminds me of like how back then in like the 90s everybody just dropped a fighting game like hey did you know about the teenage mutant ninja turtles fighting game right everybody just was dropping fighting games over like the sailor moon one tmnt everybody was just dropping them because it was like hey it's fun we might get a little bit of money let's just do it bam boom there you go that's what it and that's what it feels like multi blood is coming out as it's just you know, hey, you know, we just dropped the visual novel. Cause like what would make what would entice somebody that makes a visual novel to make a fighting game? You know what I'm saying? That's not gonna make a lot of money. That's not very lucrative. So it's like, why not make like an RPG or I don't know, an action adventure story mode or some bull crap like that? That'd make a lot more money. But no, these dudes said we like making a fighting game, so we're gonna make fighting games. And that's what makes it it's like that that that's a soul right there, man. And you can't recreate a soul. You can manufacture products. But you can't manufacture the soul, man. I couldn't have said it better myself, Brandon. It does, yeah, soul, soul, heart, everything you want to say about that. Like that is how I feel as well. I'm just, uh, I'm really, really excited. Like this is, man. When I say I needed this, brother, I needed this. Like, <laughs> I, I am, I just not had any fun playing a lot of games. I'm not to say you know TFH is dope, and I just want something kind of fresh, kind of new. But like something that is like, this is what it is. And Melty is definitely that game because like when I first played the game, I was like, this game is weird, man. It's real anime. It's kind of, it's weird, but it's like, it's a game that was definitely made from like the creators and they like made to have, it's almost like they wanted to have fun with it. They wanted people to have fun with the game. It wasn't made to, you know, maybe it's like, we want new people to come in, of course, because it's like, you know. You want to sell the game too, but it's right. like we don't want to change everything. But it's like it's also like it's also people that come from reading a visual novel. So you want to know you want to get those people in because they read Tsukuhime and all that stuff. So it's like yo, we want to get those people in, but yo, we know you guys like this game. The people that still because there's no way Kamune doesn't see those people. He there's no way he doesn't know about the jokes of Melty Blood players playing in bathroom stalls, Denny's parking lots, IHOP restaurants, all that stuff, man. So there's definitely like. There's definitely a connection with that um, that game and the spirit of the community. And man, if it, when it comes out, it's probably going to be real poverty and stuff. It probably won't have the crazy numbers Strive has. Probably won't even have the the Grand Blue or the BB Tag numbers. Not even any of the Arxis numbers, right? But man, one thing it will have that no amount of numbers can ever recreate is the soul, man. I don't give a damn how much people play the game. I just want a good game, man. Yeah, man, that's, uh, again, really well said. So basically what Rag is here is asking on Discord, he asks, um, as Melty Blood type Lumina's target demographic, FGC old heads who have been hurt by accessibility fighters. <laughs> Yo, I, I don't think so, but it feels like it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I will say I don't think so. It's more so, 
I think they just wanted to drop a fighting game again, man. Like, they probably were thinking about doing Melty Blood again, and they just wanted to drop it, especially after dropping Tsukihime. They were like, yo, let's just let's make another fighting game again. And, like, it just kind of targets us because they keep... The, the games have, like... Melty Blood just has a lot of depth. Same thing with Unil. They keep so much depth in those games that it's like, you know, we just kind of get attracted to it, but it's not like a target. It's not like a strive instance where the guys that make strive make it knowing that they know these people are going to play it's almost like melty blood is more like here you go guys i know you like it so we're going to make another one of these yeah i well i do think that in some shape or form that yes they do want to retain at least the people who love the the previous games whether it's at, at cadenza or actress again or current code or whatever i think they want those people to return but they're also opening a bit of a window for people to who have ne have no idea what Melty Blood is. They've never played the previous Tsukihime. They might play the new one. They're they're giving them a bit of a of an airspace to be like, hey, come check this out. But these people were already here, and from what everything that they've said, everything that I've seen, it seems to be the case. Which I am like I said earlier, it seems like. They're not a uh, part of like this new generation of uh, fighting game development in which they want to accommodate to everybody, but really they're making sacrifices to accommodate to newcomers, almost gambling on the fact that it hopefully it works and then that the veterans, if it doesn't, just carry it, even if they can be scorned by it, right? So we've seen it work with Strive, for example, and Dragon Ball, but we've also seen it not really work with Grand Blue and BB Tag. So it's a gamble, really. With Melty Blood, I think they're really doing the right thing. Again, I have to get my hands on this thing. I have to play it, experience it for myself. But everything that I've seen, everything that they said, it seems that they're the ones that are doing it right. They want veterans to be happy, but they also want to give some, some room for newcomers to come check out the game. And if they like it, cool. And if they don't, that's fine. But I think as long as they maintain what they had previously, I think uh, that's kind of like what they're they're looking for which as someone who has loved this franchise for a long time now uh, i am really really happy about and uh you know me i normally don't buy games day one i don't buy deluxe editions or anything but this is one where i was like i want to give back so i'll probably buy the deluxe edition for this thing just because i think that they earned my money so like here you go like that's that's where i'm putting it yeah man uh i, I you know me i'm cheap as hell man so <laughs> I, I gotta let you <laughs> I love the game, but I, I, I gotta let you be the uh, the uh, test dummy for me. Mm -hmm. You let me know after the charge. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna get it. Yeah. So but, this yeah. this has huge potential. This could be like to me, this could be. So I have no resonance with TFH. TFH just won me over by being a good game. But if this has the resonance that I love from the old Melty, plus it's a good game, this could be uh, souped up TFH for me. That's how I feel about Melty Blood Type Luna. And I, I got to ask you something, man. Uh, who are you going to pick? I, I don't know yet. I like All the characters are pretty sick, but, right. you know, that's so animated. That's why it's so funny about, like, the maids, Shiki T, freaking, all these characters are, like, so animated. So I don't mm. know who you're going to pick. So I played a little bit of Arcuid. Uh, she's a Rekka oh. character. She's kind of fun. She's got some funky moves, and uh, she was uh, enjoyable. But I will say, so in, in Melty Blood, I played uh, Red Arc who's super fun. I love okay. her. And I played Kooma. And both of them are not in the game. I tried to play a little Satsuki, and Satsuki's fun, but she's really hard. She's really difficult to play. Yeah. 
freaking car. <laughs> yeah. She got like reverse DP motions, right? I think yeah. that's what it was. Yeah. And you got to charge certain buttons in the air when you press them mm-hmm. to. Oh, yeah. she, and she's she got command normals and she's got all sorts of things. And you have to like, uh, she has like two moves that are the same input, but you have to hold them down, like you said, so you can get a trip and a slide, but it's the same move. So you have to time those together. Uh, she's just difficult yeah, to execute exactly. with. But I think she might be in the game. They might release her because she is a part of Tsukihime. As far as the maids, I never really liked playing the maids. They're cool, but they're not really my play style. And Shiki is okay. He's kind of like a Shoto without a fireball. But uh, who I had the most fun with from previous games, again, depends. These characters could be feeling different compared to how they do in uh, Actress Again. But uh, probably CL. I, I like CL a lot in, in the other game. So I'll probably, I'm, right now, I'm targeting her as being my main character. But some of these other characters could win me over, for all I know. So we'll see. Yeah, man. I, I hope Sasuke drops. Sasuke drops. I'm like, oh, hell yeah. Let me get a gorilla. <laughs> <All right. laughs> gorilla time. <laughs> Planet of the Apes, baby. Mm-hmm. So I hope Sasuke does drop in the game. Yeah, we'll see. It's exciting. Really exciting. Boomers unite. <laughs> Let's get it. <laughs> I remember I saw Majin Obama mention that. It's like, look at this. This game come out like this, but nobody talking about it. <laughs> we are here. We are. The boomers, we've been suppressed. By these strive zoomers and all these Dragon Balls and all these BB tags, <laughs> the BB tags. No more. This is melty time. No all right. Uh, Pringle, we got fighting game topic of the week. And it sort of has to do with a lot what we've been talking about on this episode. So I kind of came up with this because there's two things here that I wanted to bring together. Okay. So recently we have, you know, we saw the discussion with around like Arc System Works. The vision for that they have for Guilty Gear Strive, they made the game easier for newcomers to play and have fun, right? And I don't know, remember when we were talking about, this is months ago, but we, we did the developer's backyard and we read it all and they said, we want this game to be simple but not easy. And for the most part, you know, they achieved it. They got the game, they tweaked the mechanics and it's le- it has less rigorous execution barrier. It's got a great presentation. It's got this lengthy story saga the game sold over 300,000 copies, which, you know, we talked about at the top of the show. Do we attribute that to the fact that it's simpler? Do we attribute that to the fact that the presentation is really polished? We don't know. But maybe all of those things combine to get you 300,000 copies within the first three days. Either way, mm-hmm. it's the second best fighting game, rather the best, second best selling fighting game to achieve that number outside of Dragon Ball Fighters, which, you know, to no surprise, because it's Dragon Ball. So Dragon Ball has this long legacy they just love anything Dragon Ball, they'll, they'll buy that. But for Guilty Gear, being solely a fighting game franchise, to achieve that number is really impressive. Now, it seems that like fighting game developers throughout the years, be it with like Fantasy Strike or BB Tag, and obviously most recently Guilty Gear Strive, they haven't found the balance though to, to get simple for the casuals, but still something for the veterans, for the hardcore FGC to, to, to keep us going, right? Without, without hurting what we love from previous games. So this is my question for this week. In order for the FGC to truly grow, will the hardcore FGC stop being catered to in the long run? Because it seems that the hardcore community is the one that always has to make accommodations in order for others to feel more part as opposed to being to getting there the way we did, right? So we earned our stripes by losing, learning, and then wanting to come back to get better. And it happened slowly but surely over years. Like it wasn't instant gratification. Like you and I took our licks. Hell, I'm still taking licks. And it, 
<laughs> it's not like a deterrent to being like, oh, I don't want to play this game anymore because I'm not winning. Like, that's not how I think about this stuff. Like, I'm always going to lose, but it's a part of getting better. That's that's the FGC part. So, but it seems that a lot of these fighting games are going in a different direction. They want casuals to win. So that'll be the benefit to be like, all right, now you can stick with the game because look, you're winning. So I've prepared a few clips here and they're both two different topics, but I'm going to intertwine these two. So the first clip is of Mango. So Mango is a longtime uh, Smash Brothers Melee player. He's really popular, very famous, uh, especially in that community. So he's playing Guilty Gear Strive on stream. And he's talking to his chat. Someone in his chat asked, um, said, well, Smash has to be FGC now because Mango is playing Strive. So I want you to take a look at this clip and see Mango's response to that. And then I'll, I'll go back to, to what I was meaning. Melee is not FGC. Uh, eat that lettuce. We're like cousins. But we are definitely not part of the FGC. For our own thing. <laughs> That's funny how you told him. Like, Thank you, Mango. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. He was like, "Yeah, man. It's not. It's not FGC. We're like cousins." Yep. So that's just a an argument that we get a lot, right? So the, traditionally, the Smash scene, and you know what was interesting there is that he, the guy asked, "Is like Smash must be FGC?" I guess maybe because it's in Mango's uh, streams, he just said Smash just to point the melee. But when he read that, he said melee is not FGC. He didn't say smash. He didn't say ultimate. <laughs> he specifically said melee. Dude, I, found, no I found that interesting. Games exist. <laughs> so that was his response. He said melee is not FGC, right? We're like cousins, which you know what? I would agree because the communities don't really cross pollinate. I would actually say they probably cross pollinate more so with ultimate than than melee, right? I agree. I, mean, I see more ultimate players playing FGC games than melee guys. Those guys are stuck in time, dude. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, so he's really like an anomaly. Him and Leffen, I think, are like the two guys that are are different. But mm -hmm. every time we get to this argument of like Smash is FGC, it's always from like the FGC having to accommodate Smash, which is crazy to me because Smash is bigger than the FGC. Yeah. But it's always, it seems like the FGC is always the bad guy in that argument. Because we're not including Smash, we're the ones who are like gatekeeping them. Like, oh no, you stay out, you go be your own thing. When in reality, this is from the horse's mouth, you have Mango saying, no, not really. We're cousins. We're related, but we're not having, uh, you know, we might have a Christmas together, but we don't have dinner every night. Like, that's, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a perfect example, man. Yeah, yeah. dude. <laughs> We we eat we break bread, but not every day. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was interesting because it's just an argument that I found that a lot of um, a lot of the FGC almost has to accommodate Smash within the last like few years. Like it's always the FGC's fault why Smash isn't a part. When really I don't think it's the case. It's just that we're different. But that's just the one point that I wanted to make. Here's a different argument. So the second clip here, or the, uh, rather, there's three clips, but it's all from the same content creator. So he goes by the name of uh, Hollow the King, and he's talking about uh, inputs and accessibility in Strive specifically, and it has been, to be honest, one of the most hated on opinions in the FGC that I've seen from a casual in recent memory. Like, a, you, if you look at the likes and dislikes on the original video, I believe it's uh, 13 likes to 317 dislikes. So, like, it is really, really uh, <laughs> hated on. So, he has a, a couple issues with Strive, and this is coming from 
from what I've seen, a casual's point of view. He plays Dragon Ball Fighters. He really likes that game. And uh, throughout this whole video, he was making comparison on how to like, you know, Dragon Ball, all it allows you to do was uh, quarter circles, forward and back and down, down inputs. And that's simple and it's not gatekeeping. And that's why fighting games uh, are doing well. That's why Dragon Ball is doing well. And fighting games are held back by stuff like this. So the first clip here is his issue with complicated um, inputs and specifically the uh, the half circle back forward in Guilty Gear, which you see a lot in uh, different supers for all these characters. He's specifically talking about Soul here. But take a look at the first clip about what how he thinks about um, that specific input and like what his reasoning for, for hating it. What is the point of what, what, why, why, why? What is the point of this bottom input thing? The tyrant uh, rave. What is the point of that input? Tell me, I want to know. Why do I have to do a whole circle and then go forward just to do um, one move or like an ultimate or whatever? <laughs> yeah, I saw it, man. Uh, yo, low key though, man, I don't really like the half circle forward motion inputs. I actually don't like those at all. They're really weird. But yeah, no, that's funny. <laughs> you know, I, I can kind of see his point, but this thought process is also, in my opinion, dangerous because yeah. if you have developers you know, looking to get casual input and you have multiple people who think like this, this could really hurt uh, fighting games. And mm. I'm not saying you should have, you know, crazy inputs. Besides, to be honest, you know, you said you don't like it. I personally don't mind it. I actually don't have that big of an issue with it. Yeah. Like there's other inputs in fighting games like KOF style inputs that make no sense to me. Like that, that is something that probably we should look at. Like that's a little too hard just to be hard, right? That's unnecessary. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, half circle back forward. I don't know. That's for Guilty Gear. It's pretty that, standard. It's, it's not, it's not that hard. And it's 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 a specific thing. Like when it's a specific situation, like the thing with the KOF inputs is that they want you to do those often. But in that case, the the half circle back forward is just a very specific input. I, I kind of like how they how Skullgirls just did it where like everything is just quarter circles. There's one 360 here and there and like DPs and stuff. But yeah, no. That 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 in the case of like Guilty Gear, that's like you're not doing that often, so it's not that much of a problem. No. I mean, you are doing it often if you're playing plus R, but we're talking about Strive. He's talking about like complaints with Strive. And if you have a casual talking about Strive, which is like the most simple version of Guilty Gear, and he's still not you know, happy with it. And and you have developers looking at that and if they have enough of a pool of players like that who will be like, oh, we might have to change this. Like, I think that's that's bad news if we're talking about accessibility. Like, how far are we going to accommodate newcomers before we get completely all of the legacy skills stripped out in the game that we used to love out of the latest release of it? So that was just okay that was an opinion i can respect that he doesn't like uh those type of inputs i personally don't believe that they're that difficult but okay to each their own the second clip here mm -hmm. is the reason why he believes those type of inputs specifically are a barrier to entry for casual so take a take a listen to clip number two people don't have time to do all these complicated ass inputs you look at shooters what do you do in shooters bro you press two buttons and you and you, and you shoot it. like that's all you got to do exactly like bro I don't feel like, bruh, I, even looking at this, I love playing Soul. I like Soul, but I don't feel like doing all this bullshit just to play a character. And then they wonder why fighting games aren't played by people. <laughs> Yo, I just realized my man got, 
I don't really like messing with people's likes, but when I see Funko Pop Dolls, I'm like, oh, I'm not listening to you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, nah, he he definitely, you know, I, and you know, I was thinking of this honestly to myself, where I was like, see, this is gonna be. I feel like this kind of sucks for people because Strive is gonna be what people first start with in terms of the Guilty Gear series. And this guy's saying that Strive is difficult with like, oh, these inputs. I don't want to do all these inputs. And, and like, there's a part of me who's like, you know, I understand that. You know, you don't want to do all that. That's like kind of annoying, but that's kind of like the point of fighting games. And that's what is never going to work out with like people trying to make them easier and stuff like mm-hmm. that. It's just never going to work out. There's always going to be a, a, a disconnect with that, that whole idea of it's too much work. Because like you, you'll do it. Like he'll say that he's saying that now with all that. When it's too much work, he'll go and play a game like Fantasy Strike and do be able to do everything in the game. And he'll probably drop that game much quicker than he would Strive. <laughs> right. So it's like it's all like an impasse with what you real want and what you really want. And like that is it's man, and it really sucks too because I do believe that a lot of. Be, like a lot of devs are listening to that. Like they are listening to a big portion of that. I mean, thinking about Rev Two, Rev Two is pretty hard, like unnecessarily hard in certain aspects. The YRC system made it pretty, like, weird. Not like the YRC system is easy to understand, but it did make things much more complicated. And there was a lot of other extra things that just made things much more harder. That they were trying to at that time they were trying they did it to appeal to 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 like more of a casual audience like things like i think like maybe hellfire and danger time were made to kind of like appeal those guys mm-hmm. for recent core but then it's like now they kind of took another step with that in terms of striving like what else like i mean if they take if strive is the way it is how much further would strive go like for the next game if we were to think when it takes when it comes to trying to be more accessible and taking away those those difficult inputs into the next game cool we're not is. even gonna have Grand Blue, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, Grand Blue is that one where it lets. There's a block button. There's freaking. It lets you do the things like the the command normals without you having to input it. Oh man, Jesus Christ! I will yeah. say that I kind of appreciate that Grand Blue. Kind of does it because it rewards the person that does the the real the normal way, but it's still like more things to just make it so much easier for them when. It's it's not that hard, man. I don't think a lot of it is that hard. Like I first started in Skullgirls, that was pretty hard, because the game is like it's just one of those games where like, and I still say not. Like, I go up to people and I'm like, I don't think Skullgirls is that hard. It's just that what happens is is that you play people that are been playing for thousands of hours. Of course you're gonna get bodied, man. You go online, you're gonna get wrecked. That's how that's gonna go. Those games aren't that hard, but I mean these difficult inputs is like that's almost like the difference. I would even say from like Smash games. And like like fighting games, and even then, like in the Smash games, as soon as you get to a point where you play much better or your movement is better, you already gone past the level of difficult inputs. So that's not even the barrier. It could be inputs here, but then the other one is like just movement. So like there's always there's always gonna be a barrier to casuals in these in the case of like these fighting games, man, because it just is. It, like it, it just is. Like. <laughs> Yeah. Well, he also brought up the comparison to shooters, right? Like, what do you do? You you press two buttons and, you know, you just shoot a guy, which, uh, yeah, that's fine. But as far as like, you know, when he said, you know, this is the reason why a lot of people don't play fighting games. You just touched on it. Listen, man, if that was Fantasy Strike, you still won't play it. 
So like, yeah. why take something away from the FGC in order to accommodate to somebody who's not even going to stick around with the game? Because then it just hurts yeah. the people who stick around. You're like, oh, great. Now I have to play this because I don't play Valorant. I don't play Overwatch, right? I don't play those games that you guys can just go to and or Fortnite or whatever and, you know, that's not who we are. We like to play fighting games. And unfortunately, we like to play fighting games that are current as well because you can o- you can only go back so much because only select games have rollback netcode. And, yeah, you can go back to those. But it's also nice to be a part of a conversation. And you have to do that with current games. So, again, this goes back to, like, the whole accommodating thing. I think this thought process is dangerous if devs are really looking at this seriously and it doesn't necessarily have to be specifically with inputs i'm not trying to like target hollow the king here it could be with any sort of idea of of a fighting game like you have good ways of making things easier like in my opinion frc to yrc mechanically is a much it's it's a progress in the right direction because frcs in my opinion are too hard but yeah oh yeah and, and FRCs are pretty easy to execute, or uh, YRCs and, and Red RCs and all these, um, they're they're pretty easy to execute. It's just the way that they were used were a little funky in the fact that like you know that it swallows your inputs and you can uh, can't make command grabs safe. So like it it did some stuff that like fighting games don't like. But from an execution standpoint, that's a good change. Instead of making this precise input for FRC and Axon Core, you make it a little more lenient. In Exert, and now you have the the RC system in Strive, which is really the only time you get depth, which is mm. kind of a bummer. You brought to me this to me to my to my attention today. You said, "Man, if if Daru is your is the best Eno player on the planet, then I'm the best <laughs> Eno player on the planet." Because no, yeah, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Well, it, here's the problem: if I put in some work in Strive, and I pick the same costume as Daru and you didn't see the names, it would be really hard to tell being like, I can't tell if this guy's Daru or if he's just some dude who's copying his stuff. Because I'm going to tell you, man, I couldn't copy the way Daru plays, you know, in Exert. And by the way, Koichi, who used to play uh, used to play Eno in, in uh, XX, he's playing Milia now in Strive because he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't like the way she plays in, in Strive, or Eno does. But there's no way, like, I could practice for like a whole year I highly doubt I can mimic the way Koichi played Eno and, and XX. So you knew exactly. I can't even read Japanese. When I saw the character, I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's Koichi. Or like, oh, yeah, that's Daru. In mm. Strive, I don't know, man. Everybody can kind of look like they're playing the character at a top level because the depth does not exist until you get to the RC system. And even that one, I think we'll be exhausted here pretty shortly honestly as cool as the rc system is it's still kind of basic it's well it's gatekept with meter so you need meter to do it and it's just kind of like bare bones you know what i mean like you you just pop it and then you do whatever you're going to do next it's cool in a way but it's just an extension of what the game plan is it's like the skin on the skeleton if i don't like the skeleton i won't like the skin very much but because <laughs> in the case of like the base of the game it still has like the very basic things and those and i think personally i feel like though that idea like the way strive was implemented you think about strive and it was like the whole idea i almost feel like was to to cater to those people to cater to the people that will make the sales and it really does suck because like in the you know it, it really comes down to they cater to those guys they're accommodating to them but they're not going to carry it in the long run man 
They're, they really aren't. They're going to make the sales initially, but then they're not going to be the ones playing the game in the long run. They're not. It's just not probably going to happen. And then we're and stuck it's with like, it. And yeah, exactly. And we're stuck with this like mediocre game. And this is not even like me. Like, I know I gave it so much crap because I, I, I mean, personally, I just don't like it. Like when I watch it, it's not even fun to watch, dude. Like I've seen so much of it. It's so weird how that game can. It's it's. I think the game is like it's faster than Rev 2. But not yeah. faster. It's it's slower. So it's faster in the sense where the matches go quick, but that's only because the damage and the, the short combos are so high. Like the damage is so high and the combos are so much shorter that it like it, it, it just takes away like some of that creativity and the versatility that I saw in a lot of other games. And not even just Guilty Gear, man. I could be thinking about boomer games or something like that, like VSAB or something. Mm-hmm. And like makes it it's so interesting how like and this is also a direction i noticed with a lot of these games being more catered to the people because they want to hit those like those those dopamine hits you know what i mean the counter the punish the graphics all of these things they make these things hit like you a, a new player feels more satisfied if his hit does a lot more damage compared to if he hit and he only does like a little ass amount of damage He's going to feel more compelled if it does a huge amount of damage because then he's like, okay, I can just keep doing this. You know, a pop buster does like 40% damage. If you can get a pop pop buster's damage in like four hits or in a combo, like Soul, who hits like, like, dude, Soul hits you like four times and he took like 30% of your health. Dude, that's definitely a... A, a a thing for the casual audience for the for the people that are more into that in the in the realm of guilty gear because sam show does it sam show does it some somewhat similar but it's it's different you know what i mean so it it really does suck like where the accommodation lies towards these beginners because i feel like like i said it could take another step further what's going to be the step further to strive you know what i'm seeing super strive i don't know strive for excellence Strive my ex- expectations. <laughs> it's gonna be the next. That's gonna be the next game, and and then you're gonna see Eno's hit, like Eno, which is supposed to be this really sick ass character. She looks so boring in the air. Her air dash is so wet. I seen it, man. It's like a slow mo air dash. I don't even like watching her play. I, I can't. It's like disgusting. I have to take a shower after watching someone use Eno, man. All I do is see like five H. And stroke the big tree or whatever. And then that's like where most of her damage comes from. I'm just like, this is, it's so underwhelming. And I know it probably will lose its its luster in the long run. Because like, and I think that what also makes it kind of difficult is that since it catered to a lot of the beginner audience and it's in a situation where stuff is kind of easy to do and does a lot more damage, it's going to have to go through a lot of changes probably in the future that, it's going to be kind of different. Maybe. I don't know, but it probably will. Because like if, if people say things like Soul is really good and Ram is really good, and the only reasons they're good is because they do a lot of damage and it's easy to do. You know what I'm saying? It's it's just one of those things, man. It's a bummer because like you want the developers want a new audience, but it seems like the, the only way that they're able to achieve that as of recently, we'll see how Melty Blood obviously does, but like the only way that they were able to achieve that recently is to be able is to take things that the old audience really enjoyed. And it's, it's what we're seeing lately, but here's a, again, with the whole accommodation theme, the last clip here from hollow, the King uh, goes over why fighting games should go and accommodate newcomers. So take a listen to the last clip here. If I showed somebody that's just a random person, right? 
this. And it's like, hey, this is what you gotta do to play a character in a video game. Do you think that they would wanna play that video game? Do you do you think they would wanna play this shit? People that have been playing fighting games for a while have just uh, that that's just like normal for them. Just because it is normal for you does not mean it is normal for other people. You know, it's so funny because he plays he's plays he's checking out the inputs and then he just boots up DBFC. Hmm. Yo, man. You know, it's weird, too, though, because, like, DVFC is such a scummy-ass game, man. I know I've hit people with this. I played it for, like, two days, and I was like, I found some really disgusting things in this game. I don't know why people can defend this game, because there is a lot of scummy-ass things in that game. Some nasty high-low stuff that you could do with assist, and it's disgusting. But, you know, it's it's funny because he mentions the motions and the inputs. It really reminds me of when somebody looks at the Tekken 7 roster. When they think to their to themselves, if I I want to teach someone something new, if how am I gonna teach them something new when they gotta learn all of this? Mm-hmm. And it's like it's the same idea. Whenever somebody would look at a Tekken Seven uh, move list, it's like no. For one thing, you don't need to know all of that. Two, you just gotta hit some buns and enjoy yourself. It's not about those type of things. It's about if you enjoy it, and then when you enjoy it, the more you enjoy it, maybe you can go further into it. But it really, it, it, he has a like. It's funny because like he he think we like normalized it, but in a bad way. But it's more like it's it's more like what makes the games more enjoyable. These inputs make things much more enjoyable. If you could press everything and everything just came out, you'd get bored of the game. Like straight right. up, dude. Like that's the problem. It's like um, what's the genre? I love the genre. Hack and slash. Hack and mm. slash can be no no no. I will even say beat em ups. Beat em ups can be very boring after a while. Like I like me a beat em up every once in a while. But for real, they're boring as hell. If they didn't have things that let me do like specific inputs or let me do different type of things that uh, when when I'm using the characters in the game, I I probably wouldn't stick with them because then in the end of the day, you're just gonna be punching, pressing a button, and mashing through everything, and it really loses its its enjoy its enjoyability. Word? Yeah, no, I don't think it is, but mm-hmm. it, is, it really loses enjoyability in the long run because it's 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 playing the short game. It's it's almost like telling the player. I don't trust you to be able to think past what you see. All I believe you can do is play Super Mario, where all you can do is run and jump. And even in Super Mario, there's a lot of debt in that game. So it really does suck that like he thinks about it that way, where it's like we normalized it. When it, in reality, it's not so much that. It's just that like it, it, I don't even say he normalized what DVFC is because that game is pretty whack, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That game is some real, and he probably normalized that dude who has Neko while he had it. That's not how you're supposed to look at these games. You're supposed to just play them, have fun with it, and if you like them a lot, you stick with it. It really reminds me of Tekken 7. So much people, Mac. How many times, Mac, you hear somebody say, I want to get into Tekken 7, but it seems super complicated. And then you play Paul, or you play some other ass character. Some some easy ass character. All they do is press like six buttons, man. They don't even dash, sidestep, career. They don't do any of that stuff. You don't need all of that stuff mm. to enjoy the. But you got these people. They look at the move list. There's a hundred moves. Come on, man. You ain't gonna use a hundred moves. Who does that? Not a, nobody uses a hundred moves of anything. <laughs> yeah, no, you don't. So, the one thing that caught my eye here is when he said, "Just because it's easier for you, or it's, or it's normal, or easy for you." Doesn't mean it's easy for everybody else. Uh, two things, okay. And again, I'm not trying to attack Hall of the King here. I'm, tr- I'm I'm more so upset with the the way of thinking, not so much him. Yeah. Because this could go, this could be a lot of other people. So just, I'm trying to give my FGC perspective of this. 
First of all, just because it's easy for me, I don't know about you, Pringle, but I did not come out of the womb FGC. I was a casual uh-huh. once, but I just happened to stick with it because I really enjoyed it, like you just said. But yeah. it's not like it came natural. I was like, no, I had to put in the work because it's not easy, but it's worth learning. So that's one. And two, nobody's forcing like casuals to play the way the FGC does. But yeah, man, exactly. you can play. I still have friends that, you know, we have other common interests that we sometimes play fighting games and they don't play the game in the way that I play fighting games. They just like, you know, pressing some buttons, you know, doing some stuff. And and, and every now and again, when something cool works, they're like, oh, that was neat. But they're not interested in putting like that type of effort into getting that result every single time, which is absolutely mm-hmm. fine. But yeah, it, it's not like, you know, I'm, I'm holding your head to like the character select screen and be like, no, you have to pick the most difficult character and do the hardest stuff and learn all these moves. Like, no, I'm not doing I'm not saying that. But in, in another way is like you shouldn't tell me from a casual perspective, you shouldn't tell me a hardcore how I should play my game because mm-hmm. I've been here like you. You're the one who wants to come in. Why should I change the way I do things if you're my guest? That's that's the issue that I have Yeah, man. with the thinking pattern. And it seems like a lot of development uh, recently has been thinking that same way as like, OK, they want to be accommodated. Let's let's change things how they used to be, even though the people who we have been accommodating previously are not going to enjoy it. But hopefully they won't have any problems mm-hmm. with it. But. That's just my issue with the current state of fighting game development, of making things easier. And it's it's a bummer, dude. Like, I, I really, uh, yeah, as a boomer, it's a bummer. I, <laughs> boomer bummer. But actually, yeah, man, I feel like the last past maybe six, seven years, it's been, it feels more like that, hasn't it been? I could be wrong. Five, six years. Yeah, five, or six. So I think 2016. Game? 2016 was about the, the change. Yeah. Yeah, because that's when I kind of got into games. And, like, that's when stuff started fizzling out. Mm -hmm. And I realized that's when Street Fighter 4 fizzled out. I kind of came at the end of it. Um, Nobody was playing Persona 4 Ultimax online anymore after a certain point of time. Netcode went good, but people were playing it still. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was still playing Skullgirls at the time, which, you know, still played it for a while. But And I played a lot of VSAT. But, yeah, and I think Combo Breaker... That combo break, I went Street Fighter Five dropped, and people were playing that, or the kind of like the shorter. I forgot what it was, but it was like a a like something that like I don't I don't think it was like some sort of beta, but it was something before Street Fighter Five, but it released. And once I think the turn of Street Fighter Five kind of dug into you know I'm not saying it was Street Fighter Five that started it, but I'm saying it was the game that kind of first came out like that. Yeah, where it just started started becoming more orientated towards. We have to sell to these guys. We have to accommodate to them. And do you think it has something to do with money? Like a part of me thinks it's a, a big part of it is money because you don't want to make a game and not make any cash out of it. You know what I'm saying? Well, games are more expensive to make, right? So they want to yeah. make sure that they get the return back. Exactly. That's Yeah, exactly. So like that that's what I'm thinking too. So is it, do you think it's a big part of it? It's just that like, because like, I don't think, I don't think they listen to casuals like that. Like, it, like, because it, it also makes me think, like, this dude says he feels that way with, like, Guilty Gear. But think about it. I, people that play Smash, they felt that same way playing Smash Bros. And everything is set there to be able to do it 
and bun inputs and stuff like that. And as soon as you play someone that's better than you, you're going to get bodied and you're going to be like, this game sucks because I've done it to people. <laughs> I've bodied people. And like, I, it's like, yeah, man, like just because this game is as simple as what you think it is, you're still probably going to get waxed by someone that knows better than you. So it's, it, it makes me, and, and, and like Sakurai's idea of like these, the games after like Melee was to make them easier for like people. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what, what is it that made so many of our games come out like that? Like Street Fighter Five, I think KO fourteen even tried to make it easier. Like they definitely tried to make it easier for people. Um, what other games I can think of? All almost everything Arc System, freaking. Uh, I don't know what else is outside of that that vein of those seven games of six games I mentioned. The games that came out during that stretch after post Street Fighter Five are, I believe it was Central Fiction. And yeah. then, mm-hmm. and then you had obviously BB Tag, and MVCI uh, Fighting EX Layer. Yeah. What else came out there? You had obviously Dragon Ball, Grand Blue Fantasy, and now Strive, Tekken Seven, and Million Arthur, right? But uh, that game, oh, there, there's there are certain games that died regardless of whether they were good, bad, hard to execute, easy, accessible. There's certain games that just uh-huh. didn't make it, right? And now you have other games that are kind of around like power rangers and tfh and you know oh yeah 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 and like yeah power rangers is definitely another example of i would say making it easier for the general audience but it's still like it's like a it's a smash thing where it's like you made it as easy as possible and still people getting waxed by it because it's Mm -hmm. nothing but resets high lows and it's almost and like i think in the case of strive it was like they wanted to make something like new it seems like they wanted to make something completely new but they i don't know they missed me on that one bro Mm -hmm. but yeah, well, it's just kind of the the age we're living in and fighting games. Thank God for Melty. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, we have one final question here. This to summarize this topic comes from. Mm. Wait, did Rag ask two questions? Oh, my bad. I think the I didn't change the name. the The last question regarding if Melty Blood is uh, targeting boomers that was from Radix, not Rag. So I didn't change. Oh, names. okay. Shout out to Radix. Uh, but this is Rag on Discord. He asks, should we, as the FGC, embrace the idea of quote-unquote accessible fighters because they're slower and thus handicapped? <laughs> it's all we've been talking about, right? I don't think accessible fighters are necessarily slower or handicapped because, like you mentioned earlier, Samurai Showdown mm-hmm. is slower. And that's not that's not handicapped. Yeah. But we've seen that faster games, for some reason, have gotten a little slower. And those are the ones that have emphasized accessibility. I just think that the word accessibility and, you know, pacing of characters has been intertwined for some reason. Like, that's the reason why fighting games are hard. I don't think so. Like, you have fighting games that are really, really fast and they're not that hard. Like Dragon Ball. Like Dragon Ball, those characters are zipping and zapping all over the place and it's like they're doing all sorts of shit. And that's, that's fairly easy, to be honest. Yeah, so I actually, I remember I mentioned that because, like I said earlier, and I, I remember Rag mentioned it. So, see, isn't it funny? And I think this is what he kind of means, too. Isn't it funny how, like, Strive, I think Strive, the matches go so much faster than Rev 2. Right. But I would say that Rev 2 is still a faster game. Mm-hmm. Isn't that weird how that works? <laughs> yeah. And the reason why, I think this is why he says accessible fighters because they're slow and handicapped, is that... In Strive, the damage is so high that a couple of interact exchanges and you just you blow up. But in Rev 2, the combos are lengthier, 
It, you just don't die as easy. You can. I mean, not to say you can't, but you can. But it might. So it usually takes a little bit more time to just explode like that, mm. and then eat this huge ass damage combo. In the case of DBFZ, it's like the game is fast paced. But look how long them damn matches take, man. Forever, oh my yeah. god, it's a snoozeville, man. Snoozeville. So it's it is interesting how like the game becoming more accessible somehow correlates to that weird situation right there, mm-hmm. man. <laughs> yeah. No, it is. It is really weird that it's uh because uh Tekken 7 slower as well. Yeah, exactly. Yep. It's, but people it, explode. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. It, the, the movement is slower in that game, but the match pacing mm. is really fast because rounds end so quickly, right? And that's accessible. Now, I don't think Tekken 7 is as big of a culprit. Like, listen, I don't like the fact that it's it's difficult to to move as much in that game compared to Tekken 2 or Tekken 6 or whatever. But uh, at least you can still kind of play Legacy Tekken. And sometimes mm. you'll get blown up for it, but... More often than not, if you're a legacy Tekken player, you shouldn't lose to somebody in a newcomer. Whereas, like, man, I'm telling you, with Strive, I th- I think there's a lot of people who could get carried by just the way that game is structured. That they could be players who are much, much mm-hmm. better than them, but the circumstances of the game allow them to just, you know, all you need, like you said, match starts in Strive. Let's say you get a counter hit, you break the wall, you have meter. You do a mix-up with uh, an RC, and the round is over. Like, that's that's all it takes, right? Yeah, man. With Tekken 7, you can guess wrong twice. But mm-hmm. the odds of you guessing wrong six times are probably less so if you're playing somebody who's more of a noob and you're a legacy Tekken player. So mm-hmm. I'm just saying there's more time to adjust in that game compared to something like Strive because, man... You better not make a mistake because you're going to die. And that's a bummer yeah. if you're playing something that's like two out of three and you're like, oh, man, I, I lost. But I do. Yeah, did I, did I really? Dude. Or is just the game, you know, <laughs> I don't know. It's it's weird. But it's like when I see those games like Strive, man, you really just eat like two things and you're dying, man. So it's like, God damn. And and it's like it's so short that in betweens, the interactions are so short and they're so high damaging. It's like. It really, like, I see a lot of the gameplay, and I just don't, I don't even see much neutral sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like someone get hit, and it's like, I'm going to run his ass to the ground. That's what it feels like, Gorilla well, Land. Planet <laughs> you know what happens when you try to play neutral? It'll be like, negative penalty. <laughs> oh, man, and that is another thing. I'm glad you mentioned it. That was another big problem that I noticed, because, like, that negative penalty it it's basic. It really wants you to play like a gorilla. You take you one back. You barely build meter. <laughs> yeah, right. You, they they actually killed a lot of the inf- invulnerability frames on backdashing too, dog. So like you can't. St- there's still invulnerability frames from what I've seen, but it's not very much. So it's like it barely is. You know, they really wanted you to play Planet of the Apes, man, and that kind of sucks. That's what I say though, man. When there's more gorillas around, that means the game has gotten stupider. Just saying, <laughs> man. That this should not be. Not everybody should be a gorilla. A gorilla should take some in a good game. Gorillas take some sort of thought, but in these games, man, nowadays, man, you ain't. You, I read people, man. They were like, man, I can't figure out Leo, and then people would be like, man, you need to press more buttons. That's what you're doing wrong, man. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm sort of a victim to that too. Is that like I don't like playing that way, and yeah. um, with Eno. I'll be honest with you. I still try to play plus our Eno and Strive, and it just doesn't work. Like it really oh, doesn't. No, man. 
So nah, dude, she she's not fast enough, man. No. And she's not. She don't got big ass buttons like unga ass soul over here that just like man. Yo, another thing, yo, when the Shoto the Shoto is the best, one of the best characters in the game. You're not playing the right game. <laughs> Happen to Street Fighter Five, man. You're not playing the right game. <laughs> yeah. The heart of battle. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this is the path of my destiny. Oh, man. Go reeling everybody. All right. All right. We got one question uh, for real back. We, we had more throughout the show, but really the one at the end. So uh, Zio, and this is regarding something I said uh, the other day. So Zio on Patreon asks, last week you said that you feel like you're doing the same thing over and over in Strive. It got me thinking. We do the same thing over and over in any Gilded Gear, be it Plus R or Exerd. You always do the same thing over and over. Check the tapes. Even in our, our own FGC Hollywood Plus R tournament, check what happens every single time Toby gets a knockdown with Testament or what combos I do every time I get a hit with Jam. That's just 2D games to an extent. They're all about repeating two or three things and adjusting to the neutral. 3D games are more open, on the other hand. Not, not sure what makes it so. If I had to hazard a guess, it's because of giant novelist or novelist, more like giant move list, and the fact that yeah. uh, everyone has tools that are more similar, which creates a different mind games. I sort of agree. Uh, the thing with Strive is, yes, you do the same thing over and over again when you get the hit. That's not different because you 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 try to find the most optimal ways to get damage so you can finish the round. Mm -hmm. That's an any two D game, right? It's the matter in which you get there. Like, yeah, I'll do the same yeah, combo with yeah. Eno in plus R, but I get there completely different ways every time almost because I'm trying, okay, I, like I'll try something on the ground. It doesn't work. Okay, I'll try something with a note in the air and then maybe FRC it. Okay, that worked. Maybe I'll get a trade and that, that, that'll be another extension. Maybe I'll get a weird counter hit in the corner. There's, there's, there's more development throughout the match compared to strive because you can really only do one thing and then if you want to do another thing oh sorry you broke the wall back to how you were doing it and that's uh that's really mm -hmm. all it is which i'm not really about that like i'm you can play street fighter 4 you can watch just a match of neutral in street fighter 4 and those interactions don't look the same every time you know the combo might yeah. look similar but the way you get there is different. So I don't necessarily agree with that. I think Strive puts you in the same position every single time so you can do the same thing. And I just don't like that. I would even say, since you mentioned Street Fighter, uh, you, you mentioned five or four? Four. Format. Four. So I would even say, if you mentioned five, so if you mentioned five, Street Fighter five in the beginning, they literally were doing the same. Everybody had the same ass combos. Mm -hmm. You look at Street Fighter five now, you get there completely different. And even if the combos are similar, you get in there very, 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 very different than what you were before. Like Street Fighter V Ryu from vanilla to like Street Fighter V Ryu to now is two different beasts, man. Like yeah. this dude can actually get things out of mid screen now. He could do more things in the corner to open you up. He just, it's got more things going on with it. That There's some variety up. because you could be a Ryu exactly. player that likes V skill two and V shift one or, and, or, yeah, uh, and V uh, triggered one or whatever. And you could be a Ryu that likes, you know, V skill one and V skill or mm -hmm. V triggered one. So you, you'll have some parody there be like, okay, this guy likes that. That guy likes this similar with 3d games. i mentioned this mm -hmm. previously, you know, you could get uh, two Asuka players, and yeah, their combos might look the same, but one likes to parry mm -hmm. out, the other one likes to throw out Tooth Fairy. There's different mm -hmm. ways to play a character. And and Strive, man, I I think, what, I have, like, what, 15 hours in the game so far? I don't know if there's that many different ways to play the character. <laughs> yeah. 
from what I've seen, man, um, well, I would say, so 3D games, I don't think there's that many changes in terms of the combos, to be mm -hmm. honest, man. From what I've seen in Tekken 7, it's all the same. Everybody pretty much hitting the same combos. You really just get in there completely different to what another place person was because I would say in Tekken 7, it's, it's, it's one of those games where, like, you can tell a difference in players completely. Yeah. Like, and it's not giant moveless at all. They'll use the same seven moves, but how they use the same seven moves is what makes them completely different. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I would like to take Zio's whole question into consideration. Look at May, bro. You you look at May and Strive. Who is playing her different? Nobody, because there's no different way to play her ass. All you do is hit buttons on them. You jump around. You hit the buttons when you get close to them, and then you mash Dolphin. And because for whatever reason. It's not easy to punish. You keep mashing Dolphin and, and bullying the person. May before in Rev 2, she could do that, but it wasn't good. So <laughs> so many people would uh, would just 6P her ass and get a huge-ass combo out of it, and it would kill May. And May didn't have good uh, wake-up options. So a lot of May's um, interactions came from, like, how smart her Oki game was, how much she could, like, use the Dolphins... How does she, does she let go of the dolphins? Does she charge her dolphins? She had this amazing thing where she can knock down somebody, summon a dolphin, and she could use the momentum that the dolphin creates, cancel it, and it's like the dolphin just vanishes, and then she could do an extremely fast high-low mix-up. Can't do that no more. Now May is basically jump and press button. <laughs> she, dude, they, she is a perfect example of what... It is when you just strip everything that's fun in a character. <laughs> oh, you're speaking to the choir. Yeah, man. Did, I like. I thought Eno would have been more like, since they kept a lot of the base list of her moves, but I didn't even say she got it worse than me, bro. <laughs> yeah, I'm starting to think that. You know what's weird, though, is that like she can still compete just fine. Like I don't think she necessarily yeah. needs buffs. I don't really want more damage with her. I don't want any sort of, you know, buffs with frames. I just, I want more options, to be honest. That's yeah, man. what I want. But, uh, you know, I'm used to not getting what I want. It is it is the way of everybody. <laughs> <Hollywood. laughs> oh, well, I mean, you know, it's obviously not for me, not for you. But mm -hmm. uh, I know a lot of other people that. Uh, yeah, that people are loving that game right now, dude. Yeah, so that's good. I mean, that's the great part is that yeah. mm -hmm. they have their game. I'll, in September, I'll have my game, and we all can live happily ever after. How about that? Huh? Oh, boy, man. I cannot wait for Melty Blood. <laughs> man, I, yo, man. Okay, okay. Right quick, right quick. Because, uh, like, I felt like I, I really wanted to mention it. But I looked at what the 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 physical edition comes with. I oh, mean, yeah. Made me good. Yeah, yeah. We'll mention this. So I'm kind of upset. But, of course, there's no physical edition for us Westerners. Mm -hmm. So that hurts my soul, Melty. I, I would have loved to have it at a physical um, maybe if they do do a physical, I might even cop that because I would love to just have that game. Like, I don't really, I haven't been thinking too much about physical copies of fighting games, but lately I kind of want some of them. Um, but so the physical copy of the game comes with a special box with a new cover designed by Takashi Takauchi. Don't know who that is. Not sure. Um, the physical, it comes with the Melty Blood guidebook, which is 96 page book with visuals, information on the setting story interviews with the staff. It comes with a physical copy of the Melty Blood Sound Collection, three CDs that compile the songs from the entire series. It's about $106, USD, 11,800 yen, and uh, there will be pre-orders and stuff like that. So that's what it comes with. I don't know if there's anything else. But yeah, it comes with that, and that's like, 
to me, that's an amazing ass collector's edition. Honestly, that's a little bit different. Sure, it's just the basic CD and the the uh, the guy the book, but at least it's like a lot of what you're getting from the the thing. It's all so I think physical. That's kind of pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's all physical too, because like that's like, and it sucks that it's only in, in Japan. But see, that's what tells me it's even more in poverty, man. They can't even afford to get a physical down in the West, man. <laughs> man, that you just sold me on maybe getting that one. Maybe I should like imported <laughs> yeah dude i i mean i it looks really nice i mean it, the a 96 page thing of the book is pretty cool man but i can't read none of that so yeah. like but that sucks like it, it kind of it hurts man but yeah man i can't wait for multi dude we're gonna be playing it in the basement of somebody's house mm. it's gonna be the dopest thing after it, it's gonna be like hey man you want to play some strong like hell no man i got melty blood over here man i'm gonna sit in my dungeon i'm gonna play my melty man <laughs> man all right, Pringle. We've been talking for like two and a half hours. Let's get out of here. All right. Yeah, man. Yeah. Melty blood forever. Melty blood forever. <laughs> indeed. Uh, I hope it doesn't disappoint us, man. I really don't. <laughs> yeah. I, I really, I don't think it will, but uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, but yeah, ladies and gents, thank you everyone for listening to FGC Hollywood. The two boomers talk about boomer stuff. I know a lot of people, uh, the, the new people on the FGC don't really you know take kindly to our takes but uh you know it is what it is if you don't like us you like other people uh who are new in the fgc and that's that's fine just like i said earlier you got your games i got my games everybody lives happily ever after but uh yeah this was this was a fun show for sure we'll be back next week i don't know what i have planned for sure i ain't doing no kof maybe hinako all right but like i ain't doing no kof next week so don't don't uh hold your breath for that but uh until next time We'll uh, see y'all later. Peace. Peace, y'all. Take care.